Parenting sucks sometimes. It's not like you see on TV. It's not like you see on Pinterest. And it's not what the perfect Facebook moms try to make it seem. Kids are loud. Kids break things. Kids always make messes. On Kids for Sale, we explore the reality of being parents. The parts that aren't fun. The parts that nobody wants to admit to each other. Because being a parent is hard. And sometimes the only thing that makes it easier is hearing how bad it sucks for someone else. So join us on Kids for Sale every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. Following, following the following is a journey into comic 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 network 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 production production heritage Change subjects just a little bit. There's a really cool, uh, similar anime style. Does this light work yet? Fuck no, it don't. Good job, Blaine. <laughs> Way to be a homeowner. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Pokemon Origins. Has anybody seen that? Oh yeah. No. I've seen. I've seen the movie. Well, that's what I'm. It's basically the- like a mini series, but they com- like combined them into like a full movie. It's like an hour and a half. Okay. And what it does is it takes literally the first like original games, so like red and blue versions, sure, and turns it into a movie. Okay. And the anime style is similar to like that of like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super. Okay. And uh, like the battles in it are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the very end battle with uh, red versus blue for the Ooh, championship. Wicked. Because it comes down to Blastoise and Charizard, and that shit is dope. Is this like a YouTube created thing? No, this was it's literally on like Hulu. Oh, oh, yeah. Really? I didn't watch that. I've got uh, I watched. Hulu, man. There was another one that came out like that. It was okay. actually on Twitch the other day because Twitch is doing the Pokemon marathon. Oh, and it was on but the yeah. the original Pokemon Origins thing that came out was it was like a very condensed one, and it was like it was like maybe twenty minutes long, but it told like the whole story of Red and Blue leading up to Mewtwo, like and and with Mewtwo. Blue finally. and green and well, Japan, that might be just the last part. No, it was the it was it's from the start to the beginning. Oh, or to the to the end, start well, to the, the beginning. They do the battle of Mewtwo also. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah. This is how they actually introduce Mega Evolution. Yes, from the start to the start, as Dick was saying. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Blaine, you should pull that battle up between Red versus Blue on Pokemon Origins. On yeah, YouTube. I'm gonna grab a drink of root beer over here off camera. I'm I'm I'll not right gonna here. pull that up. Because we might get flagged for uh, copyright material. That is true. Pokemon is very notorious for that. Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo in general. Yes. Not fucking with that. But it's amazing. I would suggest watching it if you like any kind of anime style. Just like I would suggest watching One Punch Man because it's my favorite anime ever. Blaine's learning that when you have toddlers in your living space, you will find random Nerf bullets everywhere. 
Oh, I knew that before because I have little brothers. <laughs> yeah, but it's bad, isn't it, right? Yeah, it's like, terrible. I've had Fuck. Nerf guns and so, I can't find my bullet ever. <laughs> so recently I started watching a new anime, which I've read a little bit of a manga, of the manga in the past before it went to white novels, uh, but Goblin Slayer. Ooh, that's on uh, Hulu right now. I haven't heard of it. Is it on Hulu? Yeah, the series is on Hulu. I've been watching it on uh, <coughs> Funimation now because a buddy of mine has the, their premium service or whatever, so I log into his shit and then I watch it. Score to you. Yeah. Hell uh, yeah. But it's very, very, very gritty and very visceral. The first episode, you watch goblins fucking rape people. Whoa. So it kind of took the anime world by uh, storm and a storm of controversy and, and, and triggering because most people aren't willing to sit through that kind of material. I mean, there's fans of series like Berserk and uh, and Goblin Slayer specifically that were really amped up for it. Not because they get to watch fucking young girls get raped, but because it's a it's a fantasy. Imagine D&D, but very cruel and, like, true to life. Yeah. Game uh, of Thrones D&D. Ga- Game of Thrones D&D. Very, very well put there. Game but anime. Um, <laughs> so... I urge yes. any of you, if you're anime fans, check out Goblin Slayer. Um, you will be thoroughly impressed with the storytelling. Some of the voice acting is a little bit blasé just because uh, the first couple episodes of the first season I watched, which they're in the first season right now, I'm just watching them as they air. The Japanese voice actor for the character Goblin Slayer is spot on. Like No one is going to do that character justice besides that guy. And then the English voice actor, I can't remember who they picked. I looked it up a couple it's weeks ago. It's fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, it's not <laughs> Benedict Cumbersnatch Pickle. Um, but it's not as... Benedict Quick Lick Your Snatch. Benadryl Cumbersnatch. It's not as... It, I always throw Pickle in at the end. Just, just to Bened- be the Benadryl, weird fucking guy. Yeah. Benadryl Pickle Smash. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's really good, so if you guys want, like, quick, less than 30-minute long, uh, you know, typical anime episode uh, run lengths, uh, check out Goblin Slayer for sure. It's really good. Sweet. So, to kind of... Ooh, Benadryl Pickles. Yeah, Benadryl Pickles. Ooh, Ben and Jerry Pickle Dicks. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you immediately... Like twisted it. Like didn't but, even think. Uh, ben and Jerry pickled dicks. You know we're on the, we're on the topic of fantasies, which means I think we should uh, segue to another fantasy that is coming out soon. And I think that's the Captain Marvel two. Well, oh yeah. Before we get to that real quick. Oh oh oh. <laughs> Since I've got I've got four I've got four of my dudes. Yeah. That I value their opinions in the room. Sure. Blaine and I talked a little bit about it about it when the uh, information first was uh, kind of uh, advertised. Okay. How do we all feel about James Gunn and Suicide Squad 2? Because I've talked talked about it with Blaine. I've talked about it with you a little bit off camera. I've never talked about it with Matt. And I don't really want to get sucked into a a DC debate like Matt and I always do. (laughs) But I am really interested to see what you and Matt feel or how you and matt feel about james gunn and suicide squad 2 you first i have three bullet points okay one it's a major win for dc okay score dc two the most uh important part 
James Gunn is going to get the best roster you can imagine okay. for the Suicide Squad. No question. You're so probably you, going to have Bane. You might have other major characters. Who knows? Who knows okay. where he can play? So you think he's going to shake the roster up I, a little bit? I absolutely. There's no question. There's because there's no need to keep the roster as I'm it is. I'm hoping he shrinks the roster. A bit. Also true. It needs. It does need a little bit of a minimization. I think that they good intentions with that first movie, but I don't think it comes through as solid. It's mediocre at uh, best, but I enjoyed it. But, I think it had it had so many rewrites and. A lot of meddling that you know. Eventually, they were just like, just push whatever the fuck you can. Out. Right. Yeah, we're gonna get something out. I think the third bullet point. This is the most important. Is this is good foundation for their future. Okay. If he does this right, if and I don't think that's a big if. I think James Gunn gets a hold of anything. He does it right. He knows how to direct movies, and I I, I still stand by the fact Marvel fucked up. Yep. I agree with Trident, that. Well, let, let, let me rephrase that. Disney fucked up. Yes. This is a Disney decision over a Marvel decision. I think that needs to be stated. So I think that if James Gunn gets through, they get through funding and everything good, because I don't know if you guys heard, but like Man of Steel 2 and the Flash movie have both lost steam at Warner Brothers. They don't yes. want to do them now. Yeah. That could be Suicide Squad 2 if they're not careful. Time is their enemy right now. Really, you're you're going to look at what happens with Aquaman here in a few short weeks to really decide. Next two movies, Aquaman and Shazam. Shazam is a big are one too. Be playing a well, major role as of what, what I as of what I read a couple days ago, Aquaman is the most successful and best DC movie thus far in the box office. I think it looks amazing. Someone <laughs> yeah. said in their review, someone who I value very much said in their review that uh, they thought this was the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. I hold some weight to that because I fucking yeah, that, I, I remember loved reading that. The Dark Knight. The so. Dark Knight is not just a good superhero movie, though. The Dark Correct. Knight is just a good movie. Correct. Because right. I don't consider a Batman movie. It plays very little Batman in yeah. the story. It's a Joker movie. Well, I don't even consider it really that. Okay. Because Matt, we, we, you we and discussed I, this. You and I went and saw that movie three times yeah. opening weekend. Yeah, that's true. I saw it 18 times while it was in theaters all time. I was You're like one of those. Hey, do you remember Titanic? Do you remember how many times people would go to You're see the Titanic? Yeah, I was, I was. I was Titanic. I was watching the news and there was like some. It was like it was a Inside Edition, and they're like, "Yeah, this is our 97th time," and they're just waiting in line. It's like that dude that's seen Infinity War every day once since it's come <laughs> out, and he got to go to the fucking set for Avengers Four yeah. because of that. Fuck yeah. you, guy. I've seen it that many times too. I was uh, I was that guy for Avatar. Oh, Avatar is weird because Speaking. I'll, and I'll say this again. Avatar is one of those weird movies to me where it did well in the box office. Sure, it's really memorable because it was the first 3D movie I ever saw. Okay. Well, I not have just 3D movie, but it was actually shot in 3D. Shot. You and I have talked about this on a show in the past. Correct, correct. Can I just tell a story about Avatar? Yes. So Christmas. I just don't know what the fuck the movie was about. I still to this day have no idea. It's Dances with Wolves. It's Dances with it's, Wolves. It's well, it's, I think it's a little more Dances with Wolves. It's Dances with Pocahontas. Thank you. <laughs> Dancing with Pocahontas. So, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> it's Christmas Day. Sure. My family had just kind of started, like, not doing things on Christmas Day. It was okay. all Christmas Eve, so I had nothing to do. I had nothing to fucking do. And you'll find a lot of my stories with Matt start like this. Matt, <laughs> I'm bored. Do you want to do something? No, and and originally it was like, all right, I'll be over. We're gonna play some Halo. Sweet Halo two, three. three. Okay, three was we, bitching. We, we're we're a badass. That was two thousand ten at the time. I probably beat your hey, guys' asses so many times in Halo three. 
Halo I 3 was a Halo 3 was junkie. Multi-team Actually, a lot. I don't know about that. We played with the... Avatar was 2009. Correct. Late 2009 then. Because it uh, came out in December. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he's like, want to go see Avatar with your you and your girlfriend at the time? Yeah, I don't remember who it was. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you don't mind me being a third wheel, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> so, Why do you sound like drunk Sylvester Stallone? Because this is what right he now. sounded like. That's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like spot on. I couldn't uh, tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> So we go, we go watch Avatar. It was awesome. <laughs> very good film. Very, very good. good film. Still have no idea what the fuck it's about. It's Dances with Wolves. All Dances with Wolves. Just, just put Kevin Costner in fucking. Um, you say Dance that, with, and I still don't know what the fuck it's about. You've never watched Dances with Wolves? No. Come on, man. No. All right, so I'll give you the quick synopsis. Sure. So what it's about is about this guy who goes to a different planet i get that he, yeah he, he go- goes to a new land he goes he sleeps resources. in a little chamber finally he discovers the beauty of this world and decides that he wants to save it from his homeland and he's fucking a blue bitch it was essentially a closet <laughs> with, his hair, with his hair dick it was like a pro epa movie back hair in the day. dick hair dick but hair dick to kind of go back to like our original topic <laughs> you gonna sure. take like, his hair dick hair dick hair dick <laughs> So, but anyway, after the movie, I'm not done. Fine, fuck you. <laughs> after the movie, we go back to the car. It's not much longer, but we we go That's to the car and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go say goodbye to my girlfriend." So you don't even turn the car on. I'm gonna add. You you, you just leave me in the car and you go, proceed to go talk to your girlfriend for 25 minutes. Holy shit! Keep in mind. <laughs> Phones were not that advanced back then, and I couldn't do shit. <laughs> but just, just sit freezing there. in the car. Just sit there and freeze. <laughs> it was horse shit. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But, but Avatar was good. It was a good movie. I though. still have no idea what the fuck it was about. Avatar got me through some tough times. That home. Like, yeah. I yeah. know what it's about. I get the idea. I know what it's about, but I, but I have no idea about. what the fuck it is. Like, what the fuck? But, uh, like... We'll get those six sequels eventually. Like, The Dark Knight was just a good movie in general. But it wasn't a Batman movie because characters didn't really relate or show signs of Batman. The Joker so- showed more signs of being the actual Joker. Like Two-Face as well, I would say. Yeah, but I see, I, I see what you're saying with like, fringe characters. Like, Bat- Batman wasn't Batman. Like, especially in the Dark Knight Rises. In the Dark Knight Rises. I'm going to fight Bane. He whooped my ass. I'm going to fight Bane again. Why do I kill me, Joker? Yeah. I'm going to fight Bane again the same way. That's literally (laughs) what he does. Doesn't change his strategy. My favorite thing about Dark Knight Rises was he tells somebody, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Catwoman or somebody, I don't use guns. And the fucking next scene, he hands somebody else a fucking shotgun in the movie. He hands them. He yeah. doesn't use the gun, but but he's like proponent, and you know this from the, this. <laughs> he's a proponent of it in the comics too. That no one uses guns. If you're good, you don't use a this gun. The fucking comics, different. Name. Yeah, it's the Nolan verse. Yeah, and he shit on that last movie. I still enjoyed it. I, stand, <laughs> I will say that. I stand by my opinion that the last. I watched movie was a guy. Than the I watched a guy from Minnesota pass out watching that movie. <laughs> God, dude, that guy was fucked up. Opening night. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. I, I'm pretty sure we told this story. We have told this yeah. story on the show. But before. Nate probably hasn't heard it because apparently he doesn't listen to the show. 
I guess. <gasps> maybe I maybe once you start telling the story, it'll jog my memory. So Feels bad, it's man. opening night, sure. and we had a we had a neighbor. And I, I had a neighbor in my apartment complex. Sure. Uh, he's from Minnesota. Okay. His name was Kevin. He likes to soak. He wore Crocs too. Kevin from Minnesota liked uh, the cracks. He was all lo- he he would just bug us. Okay. He, he was very. He friendly. just wanted to be Blaine's friend there, pal. But Blaine was like, "No, you ain't getting his dick, pal." He walked into our apartment once, and Justin was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> like, because he he just like kind of like peeked his head. He did open just opened the door and peeked his head in. Justin's sitting there, like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Oh hi." He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> but uh, so we're. He's like, "Hey, where are you guys all going? We're on our way." We're on our way to about go, to walk out the door to the midnight release of Dark Knight Rises. Sure, and he's like, "Oh boy, can I join?" <laughs> so he invites himself. Ends up sitting alone because the theater's packed. We get split up. Yeah, it was like three, two, and then one, and he was oh, the one. He was the one, and he was also drunk off his ass. So he just five minutes into the movie, chaos conked out. You know, just damn. Done. Dude, he was out through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, he Damn. didn't even, like, wake up, like, during, like, anything. He was out through the whole movie. We get to the credits, and we're like, Kevin. And he goes, that was good. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was, was real good. Because I remember, like, the, these kids in front of him, like, turn around, and they saw you pass. They're like, how the fuck do you pass out? Like, they were, like, all like, this is amazing. I'll, like, tell, you, I'll tell you right now, I wasn't drunk, even drunk, up, and dude. I fell asleep during the dark night. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I fell asleep Boo. in the dark night, but I was very emotionally. I, I stand by that opinion. <laughs> Boo! I actually fell asleep in the rain. We did this on two hundred. <laughs> yeah, you we did. We don't need to go he back. He fell asleep to it. in the rain. We went to a dri- so we went to a drive-in theater. Second night. This is the second night of our three-night binge. I was very sad because my girlfriend had just dumped me literally two hours before this movie. Oh shit! No, you dumped her, no. and then realized. I shouldn't have done that, and she wouldn't take you back. No, Same day. I dumped her because she was going to dump me. Did, did you just on her face? <laughs> no. Then that's really sad. I'm so sorry. You still dumped her, though. Still dumped still, her. Still. I didn't want to. <laughs> but So we went to the movie, and like we're like sitting outside, and then all of a sudden, Actually, I just no, this remember was waking three. up. This was night three. Waking up about a quarter of the way through the movie, and I'm wrapped in a fucking cocoon. Yeah, he's laying on his side on the ground, wrapped in a cocoon blanket while it's raining. On we're, top of him. They're all on, looking at me from the fucking car, just like, we're so He's like, <laughs> so what you guys are saying, hold on, time out. Let me defend Matt here like I'm his lawyer. You guys were all assholes, is what you're trying to say. Absolutely. You left him in the rain? It was 2008. Bro, we were seniors in high school. I would have waited until you we were sleeping and pissed in your funny. mouth if you would have left me in the rain. Excuse me, prosecutor. Uh, yes. My client, uh, my defendant over here. Uh, I'm gonna, my dick. Uh, my dick. <laughs> um, uh, here at Podcastrophy, we maintain the, the belief that only the fucking strong survive. Yeah. Listen, I'm a man now. So how the fuck is he still standing? <laughs> yeah, how the fuck am I still standing? Either uh, he's way. Got, he's, had a, he's had a real good support network. Fat Mark McGuire, do I need to say anything? <laughs> he's like a human cat. Nine lives, yes. you know what I'm saying. All 30% of it. But, yeah, like <laughs> but, Dark, the Dark Knight and everything were good movies, and, but they weren't like superhero movies. And then I remember I was super against watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Dumb. I was like, it just looks <laughs> yeah. like, well, this was, my, this was my reading. I really liked The Watchmen. <laughs> sure, sure. Honestly, The Watchmen, if I look at it, is like my favorite superhero movie. It's Absolutely. the pinnacle for superhero movies staying true to their comic. 
Except for the very end. The end is, but they <laughs> but the have end to modernize better. it. The end was better. Correct. They Listen to the, the fucking source material. Exactly. Every one of us in this room has fucking said it. Listen to the source material is the basis for my Venom argument, so get ready. Yeah, we're going to get there. Just, we're going to get uh, there. Yeah. Like, The Watchmen's like my favorite superhero movie. So I was like, that just looks like a cheap-ass version of The Watchmen. That was my reasoning. Okay. Then finally, like, I watched it probably like four year, three, four years ago. Okay. Like, my roommates at the time were like, listen, it's really fun. You should just watch it. Shut the like, fuck up and do it. I was like, fine. Okay. Whatever. You guys rent it. I'll watch it. Micah Taylor is actually the one who made who convinced me to go see Guardians. Because that I think it was on Netflix. With Chris Pratt, I was I was pretty apprehensive um, of seeing him in a, in a big screen role. Well, when I saw that they had cast Dave Bautista in the role, that was Pratt, definitely part of it for me. I was like, this is a shit cast. Like, because Chris Pratt wasn't really Chris Pratt at the time. He was the dude from fucking Parks and Rec. Right. Yep. Andy. So I was like, you know what? I'm not watching that. So I finally watched it, and I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I loved it. It's the best movie that Marvel's put out, in my opinion. I agree. Because mm-hmm. it was the most fun for me. Mm-hmm. So after I watched that, I, which I still haven't actually seen Guardians 2. I want to, but I just haven't got It's the not as good as the first one. Which I've heard. It's every bit as good as I the first one. I think Guardians it's just 2 not suffers from people not appreciating it on a rewatch. If you watch it a second and third time, Guardians has some subtleties that you don't catch on your first watch, so you're like, holy shit, they were really, really thinking about every step of the way, every, every step of the way. I mean, there's so many subtleties in, in introducing, they introduce Ego and the story of Ego. They tell you who Ego is in the first Guardians movie as a subtle Easter egg that you, you don't even notice, right? In the coordinates for Nowhere, the coordinates spell out Meredith Quill, Baby Daddy. Like BD is in Baby Daddy, which is the modern abbreviation. Therefore, they took their time building a true story. So it just for the second one, I think the thing that falls flat, in my opinion, was the soundtrack choice. It made me less connect. There were some songs I love. The Chain by uh, Fleetwood Mac, one of Absolutely. my all-time favorite songs. Me too. That baseline, bow, do, 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 do. Like that shit is amazing, but. Father and Son by Peter Gabriel at the end of the movie or whatever. I don't fucking need it. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need you to emotionally I'm Mary pull Poppins, my. Y'all. I don't need you to pull up my heartstrings, John. Do you blue cunt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually really see that. That's part of the reasons why I don't enjoy the second one as much as I enjoyed the first one. Number one, I don't feel like uh, the I don't feel like Ego was as good a villain as Ronan was. I, I can agree with oh, that as well. No, uh, but Ronan different kind of villain though. Different, but Ronan yeah. was only on the screen for like seven minutes. That's irrelevant. He well, was still a better villain. We're gonna get more of him here soon. Oh, yeah. Nice segue. We're Beautiful. gonna get to that in a moment, <laughs> for sure. Um, Why can't I ever segue? <laughs> segue. <laughs> I paused your segue. It's so, not charged. Um, <laughs> I still haven't even actually got to answer the original question. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Um, <laughs> you fucking opened the wrong can of worms, my man, by giving me the chance to speak again. Um, Spick it. Uh, Ego, which I loved their casting of Ego. Blaine complains about Ego a lot in I, Guardians what? 2. Yeah. No, I don't. It's not even really ego, man. We've had this fucking argument. That's not me. Yeah. That's not me. It was you and I at Subaru. It's not even the fucking story of ego, man. 
Yeah. I mean, technically speaking, hold on, let me interject. That's, that's, I'm not saying he's wrong, but if, you fucking said it. I never said that. Don't tell me I'm wrong. If Blaine said this, <laughs> he has some, there, there is some merit to this. First of all, Ego's not at all Peter Quill's dad. Jason no. is. And second of all, James Gunn fucking hated the character of Jason and thought he was a scumbag and right. thought it would be more interesting to introduce Ego. And Correct. that's the whole point that we have. Yeah. Uh, and that is where... We also tie into another loose segue because, again, with the Venom conversation, there are some things you can and cannot do with story remolding that do and don't work. And there were some things that happened within that movie that we'll get into when right. we get there. So yeah. I, I loved the casting of Kurt Russell as Ego. Word. I, I thought he fucking killed it. Um, yep, Drax, I, I got a penis. Right. I thought I, I loved Mantis in the second film. I thought she was perfect. And I think Manus improves in Infinity War. Tenfold. Absolutely. Um, especially her relationship with uh, Drax. You know, one of my... one of my, I love Guardians 1. I, I stand by my opinion that it is the best film that Marvel has put out thus far. Uh, my biggest issue with Guardians 1 and 2 is Drax. Drax is not Drax. Yeah, also true. They remolded Drax's Drax is uh, one personality. Of the only- Drax is one of the only living fucking beings powerful enough to challenge fucking Thanos. Drax can't even fucking challenge Ronan the Destroyer! It is some power nerfing, but I will say... That is bullshit! (laughs) Like, I hated Dave Bautista cast as Drax. I ended up loving Dave Bautista as Drax, and I stand by that. It's still not Drax. Stay true to the fucking source material! God damn. God! <laughs> but I think James Gunn is really good with Suicide Squad 2. So, um, <laughs> I think it's a good choice. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I have been holding that one back. <laughs> I have been holding that one back for a long time. No, time out. <laughs> that just got us all the way back on that <laughs> tangent. I, I totally forgot. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I totally forgot we were talking about it. He's like, by the way, Suicide Squad 2, you motherfuckers. So, oh, damn. I, I, I've been holding that one back for a really long time. Excuse me for the burp. I've been holding that one back for a really, really long time, and I had to let it fly. Because I could you gotta not. got to do what you got to do, man. I could not contain it anymore, so I apologize to any of the audio listeners. Watch out for you. For what I just did to you. Um, sometimes it really do be like that. Sometimes it really do be like that, and I feels you. I feels you hard. And what I just did was whack. Wait, um, were you hard when you were feeling them, or were you just feeling them hard? All of it. Okay. Both, <laughs> both of these. No, both of them. Both of them. Both, both of them. Um, but, so, Drax got even worse for me in the second <clears throat> film. Until you watch him and Mantis' relationship start to yes. blossom. Yes. And then you get to see him and Mantis's relationship kind of in the I want to say limbo stage in Infinity War. They're finally on an even playing field. You know, they're they're it's almost like they're actually friends. Yes. You know. Yes. And I ultimately I would like to see a if we ever get Guardians 3, which I actually hope we don't get Guardians 3 because it's without James Gunn. Um, I would actually like to see a little bit of a Mantis slash Drax love story. I think that would be one that you could you could kind of eke in there without a lot of work, and it would make sense. Um, and you just get behind him. 
and you just you just do it. I'm gonna say that there is a world where Guardians three can be made, and I say it only by this: if they stay true to the script, James Gunn's script, mm-hmm. his story, which is obviously a vision he had planned out with Kevin Feige and everyone else way before all this other shit happened, right? Okay, if they stay true to that, and also one very important minute detail of his soundtrack choice, which he's already written in the script. He did it every time as he's writing on an, a, a part to the different parts of the script in the scenes. He writes what song is playing over it or what specific part of the line of the song is playing over it because he visualizes that stuff. If those two things stay true to it, I don't care who directs it. It could be Taika Waititi. It could be Travis Knight. It could be Stephen D. Knight. It could be Tyler, the creator. It could be Tyler, the creator. <laughs> it could be Drew Goddard. I don't give a fuck. It could be Blaine Dick Tyner. Like, I'd like to see Happy do it myself. Oh, Favreau? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That'd be cool. That's, would, a, that's, a, if, that's a name that I As much as I, I don't want it to happen, I would like to see Favreau do it. I'm behind that, actually. Fully, but still, rehirejamesgun.com. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so the, the reason I brought this up... Um, you know, like I said, I wanted to get everybody. Blaine and I have talked about it in length already um, on the show. I wanted, and and you and I talked about it um, one of the last times that I was on JIC. But Matt and I normally get looped into this. Uh, let's argue about DC for an hour. And How a half. do we fix the DC? How do we fix the DC universe? <laughs> because I, again, I'm not a DC fan, but I love DC's villains, and I was one of the few people out there that appreciated Suicide Squad for what it was. I really liked I really liked a lot of things about that movie. Did um, a good job of highlighting certain villains for sure and bringing them to the big screen like we didn't think we'd ever get. Well, Killercroc.com. I mean, thank you. That that's my number one. Um I really like Alan Jones, the I, end. Amazing I, to see him on a big screen. I really like to see Killer Croc doing his thing. Um my favorite scene in Suicide Squad is towards the end in that battle that everyone shits on. Because, um, I mean, it was a little bit dumb. But seeing Pyro go full Aztec god and challenge another god, like, like that, just that portion of the story, I mean, if you break everything down and then ignore it and just focus on Pyro and his kind of his story, and then if you do a little bit of research into what Pyro actually is, you know... <clears throat> for people that haven't followed Suicide Squad or the character, you know, do a little bit of research and then it'll make you appreciate that kind of that scene or that um, how those how his scenes in the film play out and then climax to that place. Um, the I, character building, I think. Yeah, I, I appreciate Pyro for a lot of the same reasons that I appreciate Ghost Rider. And there's not just one Pyro. It's not just one guy. Just like there's not just one Ghost Rider. It's been multiple people. Um, and it, it, it's kind of altered every time that it's been a different person. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> watching his character development, and then in the end, he ultimately, much like Majin Vegeta we talked about earlier, you know, he gives himself up for this ragtag group of people that... Uh, 45 minutes earlier in the film he didn't give two fucks about you know i drew a lot of parallels with guardians of the galaxy with that which is what suicide squad was aiming to do Mm -hmm. all along was was kind of draw that guardians vibe and try and suck some fans in and and say hey this is a fun movie i mean it's all about villains but let's see how this plays out more or less a ragtag group of individuals put together in a situation Not, not everything is 
uh, a team of people that have been together for for 15 years working yeah. in, in hand in hand where I can read your movements before you even make them kind of shit, you know? Um, obviously, the script was awful. The writing was awful. I think know? where Suicide Squad suffered the most was uh, the fact that stick to the source material. The, the situation itself was a little too big for the team. Like, it's not believable that this team would be facing an for end us, of world threat. For us. But because... for some but for someone that's never been exposed to the source material, like that that it would totally make sense. Well these guys are just heroes or anti heroes trying to save the day. Mm-hmm. I mean I guess that makes sense. I'm Doesn't I, Slipknot I... get his fucking head blown off in that movie? Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> like like whoa. Like but they I... say, don't run away because you have these bomb collars on your neck. No, we don't. And, well, actually, he gets egged on, right? Yeah, he gets egged on by Captain Boomerang, who I also loved in the film. My second favorite in the film. Digger Harkness. Uh, um, obviously, you know, I don't need to say anything about Will Smith because he's always fantastic. Killed it as Deadshot, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, as soon as he's getting egged on by Captain Boomerang, okay, I'll just fucking <laughs> zip line up to the top of this roof. He gets off the ground and, hmm, let me just tap this button on my watch. Boom gone so ding like i just i haven't seen suicide squad i've seen bits of it and i'm just like watch watch the director's extended cut whatever you want to call it it does appreciate it a lot see i've seen like probably the first like half hour and then i turned away because i was like this is getting boring like it spent like that first half hour doing character development and then as i was i kind of would go back and forth between another show because it was on television Mm -hmm. and then when I would go back, it would be like an hour at the hour mark, an hour and a half, and it still felt like I was in the same exact part of the movie. Yeah. It just felt very slow. Too much um, Margot Robbie, not enough think, everybody else. Kind of going with Nate's point, you know, he's James Gunn, he's going to, you know, get the best cast. Like, he's going to get the better characters, I mm-hmm. think, the more well-known characters. Um, and then, two, kind of what I said, I hope that they kind of shrink that group of people. Mm-hmm. like. Don't we don't need the whole movie to be character development and then like oh shit go do something now. Well, and I, I think part of the reason Suicide Squad suffered too. Um, there's a lot of really diehard fans for Jared Leto. Um, you know whether it's his acting career, his music career, regardless, there is a lot of diehard fans of Jared Leto. So all, in my mind, almost casting Jared Leto as the Joker was let's kind of pick on these fans' heartstrings and draw them into the movies to watch this film and then his variation of the Joker for a lot of people that have a hard on for Heath Ledger's Joker, which I'm not one of those people. I've said it on every show that I've ever talked about Batman and the Joker. Um, He wasn't even remotely good enough where I appreciate it is I like a lot of the, the fan theories where he's not, really the joker actually jason todd actually yeah, jason I, like todd. I like that theory so much so if i was james gunn knowing that jared leto is available because he does not have a very full acting port or a um work portfolio he is doing morbius right now yeah he's kind of busy with that i, I would say that's going to be the one road bump in this theory but, but continue but depending on when this film gets into production depending on jared leto's work schedule if I was him, I would take a strong look at 
what fans are saying is that theory, and then I would kind of tie that in if I needed to. I got a little Because I think part of the reason Suicide Squad struggled was if you completely removed the Joker from the film, period. Doesn't change the film. It doesn't change the film. So it's totally unnecessary material. Mm -hmm. Um, And you might have been able to put a little bit better material in its place. So... What That's my spiel. What if it's not Jason Todd? What okay. If, what if it'd be like Tim Drake and they go like Batman Beyond, The Return of the Joker? Ooh. I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. However you want to spin it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But it not being the actual incarnation of Joker, like almost a double. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or okay. a copycat. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with that in any in any incarnation. But uh yeah, just with like Suicide Squad 2, like James Gunn, I think. I don't want to pull out the whole, like, he's going to want, like, to get back at Marvel. Well, and that's that's part of the reason I brought this up. Because if I was James Gunn, knowing the talent that I have, knowing the talent that I can assemble underneath me to, to make really dope movies, I would fully fucking put both middle fingers up and say, fuck you, Disney. Us folks over here at Warner Brothers can do it just as fucking good as you can. Yeah, like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is he going to be like, you know what? I made a good movie. I'm established. People know I can make a good movie. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I would do. Maybe I can't I'm just speak gonna for say, what he's going to do. Fuck you. Like but you that's definitely what I would do, hands down. Okay, as of right now, we do need to mention that it's like kind of a toothpick agreement that he has with DC. They've not officially signed contracts. They're not officially deep into pre-production or right. anything. Right. It's all conjecture yeah, what they want to have happen. Let me tell you, it's not impossible to imagine a world where Disney, after maybe the deal with Fox is done, goes, hey. We fucked up. James Gunn, let's have conversations. Let's see if we can make this right. And maybe he does get brought back, and in doing so, bring him back to GOTG3. He is removed from Suicide Squad 2. That is a small window. I'd say like 30% possibility, but I do see it being something that could happen in the scenarios we've seen. Well, here on Podcast Feed, we're all about 30%. Fuck yeah, or Captain, do you think? 30%. Or do you think Disney is steadfast and, and stubborn enough that they're, that they're going to stand by... What they what what they have ultimately decided, regardless. I'm about to show you a little math. Do me a little math for me. Okay. Do me a math. Bring up your calculator. Take a million people, and multiply that by what twelve dollars in ticket sales. Okay. And I want you to tell me what that number comes up to. I'm pretty sure it's going to be twelve million. But just in case I'm stupid, right, a million times what? 12. Okay, twelve. It's twelve million. Pretty easy, right? Yep. It's twelve million. <laughs> That's the thirty percent right there. Okay. So guaranteed at minimum, you're not making $12 million if you do GOTG3 without James Gunn because that's the smallest amount of people that aren't going to see it just in protest because it's made national headlines because there's a whole website, Rehire James Gunn, that takes you to the petition, which I think as of right now has like 784,000 signatures of people wanting to bring that back. Not including the cast. Also true. The actual actors themselves throwing themselves in to, to defend James Dave Gunn. Dave Batista, in particular, he is very... Bane Batista? Bane Batista. Because I would love to see that. I'd like to see uh, Dave Batista as Luchador Bane. Yeah. That'd be and beautiful. I like Tom Hardy Bane. That'd be pretty so. cool. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we should probably segue to uh, Captain Marvel now. Yeah, let's Ooh, do that. Ooh, play that trailer. Oh, uh, yeah, that segue... That segue I tried to... Se- the segue that, that, that segway, Dick had like 20 minutes ago. Not, I'm sorry, okay? 
So, scrolls are the bad guys. <laughs> I wanted that to be Kitty from that 70s show. <laughs> I really wanted it. I wanted that to be saved for the movie. <laughs> I wanted that. Like, I wish it would have just been an old woman she punched. Noble warrior. Been Accidentally. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> like Star Force essentially. Mm-hmm. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you. So essentially she was an American pilot, gets shot down, they bring her back to life with Cree blood. Right. So you could live okay. longer, stronger, superior. Why are we not listening to Kanye West right now? I'm not sure. I ain't saying she's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> something. I'll be honest, it's kind of weird seeing him with one eye, or two eyes now. And that's the point. <clears throat> I don't think that's the answer. The yes to that question was not about flying the plane. It's something else. Ben Mendelsohn looks like a phenomenal Talos villain. Mm-hmm. He also happens to be Nick Fury's boss at this time. Right. Oh, man. I love Jude Law in this cast. I was about to say, is that Jude Law? Marvel, yeah. Super Saiyan. Interesting thing to note about the cat. <laughs> In the comics, the cat is actually named Chewy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work because they want to kind of make it a little bit different. She's a pilot, so they named the cat Goose after Top Gun Goose. Right. So uh, just first reaction for me, I loved that trailer. Yeah, that was awesome. I, even more hype. I, I think Captain Marvel... <sighs> I mean, if you if you broke every film down in the MCU at, up until Captain Marvel, I think, in my mind, Captain Marvel is going to be the best standalone film out of all of them. You have a good casting as your heroine. Um, you've got great supporting cast as far as, you know, Jude Law, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, I don't need to name any more because they're all going to be fantastic. Clark Lee Gregg, Bruce. who yeah. was surprisingly not featured in the trailer. No Agent Coulson, although he will be in the movie. Right. Um, Ronan the Accuser. Lee Pace. I mean, I don't, I don't need to go through all these people because the cast is fantastic. Um, and we're bringing... I'm normally... You know, here at Podcaster, if we, we're normally not social justice warriors because we think all people are people and we should just fucking be people and leave each other alone. Uh, you know, would you agree with that, Blaine? Yeah. Eat. Yeah, I mean, and, and Matt, for that matter. Yeah. Hey, bro, I'm a person. Well, You're a person. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Keep yeah, being a person. We're, we're done. We don't need to go any That's farther it. than that. I don't need to know anything What's else. What's that show? It was like, I'm a dude. He's, He's a, dude. a dude. She's uh, a dude. We're it's good all burger. dudes. Yeah. Yes. Good burger. Uh, yeah, there we go. What was that so, show? But what I, uh, what I do like to, to point out, because I do recognize that 
in the superhero world, as far as what's in the cinematic world, we lack strong heroines other than Wonder Woman. I mean, because who do we have for Marvel? We have Scarlet Witch. Gamora. Gamora. Black Widow. Black Widow. And Mantis. And Michonne. And, and Nebula, Nebula, if we want to say that. Michonne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't Akoya. know her real name. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Denai Garari is yeah, the real yeah, name. Yeah, or her character's yeah, yeah, name, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Akoya, yeah, for sure. Um, and Suri and, and, and the rest of the game, yeah. for that matter. But they're not... Top-notch. They're not top-notch because they're not at the forefront all the time. Yeah. You know, the Scarlet Witch definitely had her her screen time in Infinity War. But the mm-hmm. story wasn't about her. Captain Marvel is the reason that we all fucking survive Infinity War. The snapping. The snapping. So she is the strongest hero of the whole fucking Avenger squad Yeah, that we've assembled right now. See what I did there? I was about to say, um, well, I thought you were going to say Marvel Comics. I was like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, just. I'm just talking MCU at this point. So Feige or somebody confirmed that she is the most powerful, hands down, stronger than Thor, stronger than Stormbreaker. Her ability to go binary and uh, become a true power source like the sun and tap the sun's energy. If they bring that to light in the movie, will be insane. And I hope that the after credit sequence of the movie is her landing right after the pager goes off. Like, she lands, like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just nothing. I would also like to see some Ant-Man after credit in... Oh, yeah. In Captain Marvel. Like, like what he's doing Quantum Realm style. Maybe, but at the same time, I also don't want to see him until Infinity War. That's fair. Um, Infinity conclusion. So you brought up, like, Wonder Woman. Yep. Do you think this movie would do as well? Oh, absolutely. Had Wonder Woman not been made prior? Hands down. I think this would do better than Wonder Woman. Marvel has a hand on it. I mean, no offense to anything else, but Marvel knows their properties. They trust the directors they bring in, and they get results. How many times have they had a number one movie in a row? You can't not count. I think it's like 17 or 18 at this point. Yeah. In a row. Mm-hmm. So that's just shy. I think that's from Captain America, the first Avenger right. on. Holy shit. Because, that's an insane streak. Because because Iron Man was not. Well, Iron Man one was good, but two set them back a little bit. It kind of slowed the thing down a little bit. But Thor sure was, it was also still awful. number one when it came did. Out. Did Iron Man two do number one? I know that Incredible Hulk did not, because it, it came it out definitely only. Definitely did not. Incredible Hulk came out only a month after uh, Iron Man one. So I still love the Incredible Hulk. It wasn't a bad movie. I, I liked it. Right. Did, did we go mm-hmm. see that together? Yeah. So one of the big questions that I have for Captain Marvel and its kind of tie-in for Infinity War. And it's a little bit of a fan, let's nerd it out for a minute, question. Where does Thanos, in your minds, play out in the Kree scroll deal? Does Thanos recognize the Kree and the scroll as being potential threats to him? Well, it doesn't matter because the snap was everything. Right. Half of all life, right? But it was random. But it was at random. Totally. But let me give you the deeper thought. What's going to happen when half the Kree go missing? What's going to happen when half the scroll go missing? They're going to blame the other side. Thanos will reignite the Kree scroll war over okay. anything else 
out of Infinity War. But my question is, do you think Thanos recognizes the Kree and or the scroll as a threat to no. him? Oh, not even close, because obviously he dealt with Ronan. Ronan is uh, Kree, yes. so he just, he knows. He's like, oh, you're Kree? Sure, you guys are crazy. Whatever. Fuck you. It doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. I can whip your ass. Sure. Sure, Ronan, you killed the other. Sure, you broke his neck. That's fine. I will paint the stallways with your blood, as he says. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he does not see anybody as a threat. I mean, he didn't even see that the Avengers is a threat, he really. He saw Thor as a threat. Thor was the one exception, and technically Thor killed him. Yes. I mean, I don't know if I covered this on JIC. You did. But technically speaking, Thanos died. Yeah, you covered that. So. Go go into go into that again, if so you will. Essentially, I'm going to tinkle while you do that. So Thor uses Stormbreaker to come at Thanos. Stormbreaker is actually stronger than the Infinity Gauntlet in that moment. It pushes the power of all six stones back to Thanos. Okay? As soon as he... Okay, think about Thanos' ability to be a master marksman in 1,500 years. That's his age, right? So he's killed people. He knows how to kill people. That stroke and with Thanos saying you should have gone for the head sorry to be any spoilers at all since you haven't seen the movie but like I already knew. <laughs> uh, completely null and void because it's not you should have gone for the head he killed you with the death blow that's why Thanos ends up in the soul world he sees Gamora who has also died the only other character confirmed dead and how did Thanos save himself the gauntlet itself sent him to the soul world to repair him long enough to come back and be resurrected it literally he he literally set up resurrection within the soul stone as a plot point. So when we get into Avengers four and they need to bring back anybody who was snapped, the soul stone has already explained to you that it can bring people back to life. It's not a big deal. It did it to Thanos right in front of your eyes. You never paid attention to it. Do you think he did it on purpose to set up a point? No, I think Thanos was fucked. I really do. I feel like if Thor aims higher and just has the decapitation and doesn't go, I want to make sure you know that when I told you in the beginning of this movie you were fucking dead, you're fucking dead. If he didn't have that moment and just went for the fucking kill shot, Thanos is done. The movie's over. No one, I mean, maybe the snap still happens and maybe there's all kinds of craziness that comes out of that. But the core of it is Thanos is not a character moving forward if Thor goes for the head like he says. So let me ask you this. Say Thor did uh, split Thanos' skull in half. Yep. Does Thor in that moment pick up the Infinity Gauntlet? Oh, yeah, and then that's where shit can go totally wrong. And that's the beauty of the Gauntlet. Adam Warlock does it. Nebula does it, if we're talking comics anyways. Right. Yeah. There, I mean, there are multiple characters that picked up the Gauntlet. I mean, even even more recently, I feel like, uh, I want to say Loki or uh, Ghost Rider maybe had the Gauntlet for something. Darkseid had the fucking Gauntlet. What? Yeah. Darkseid's DC. They had a crossover event. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I actually did not. Thank you for teaching me something I did not know. So, uh, God, Thor, crazy. Thor having the gauntlet, <laughs> though. What's Thor's first thought? Loki. I have to bring him back. In my mind, it, it would be his mom. That it's, would be thought number one. It's Loki, man. He's still reeling from that. It's the whole reason he kills Thanos is because he killed Loki in front of him. Such vicious reasons, so... Having him take the gauntlet, he would maybe start to make mistakes. He resurrects Loki. Sure, that's not a bad idea. But then, well, if I can bring him back, I can do anything. And he now, his dad back and next? Then, yeah, and then now Thor's drunk with power. Then the gauntlet creates exactly the same kind of problem. And maybe we see that in this next movie. Somebody who is not Thanos wielding the gauntlet and it corrupting them slowly. Do you think we'll actually see... Cap takes it. 
It oh. goes, goes into the sun. With oh, it. my God. <laughs> Do you think we'll actually see Nebula, Nebula get a hold of the gauntlet? I would love comic it. Comic style. I mean, it would be beautiful if that was the case. I mean, if Thanos is like, let's say the movie opens with Thanos on the farm. He's sitting around. Don't know if you noticed, but his armor is on one of the scarecrows. Like, he's turned a scarecrow into him, essentially. Yes. And the next thing you see is Nebula walking around. It's just the skeletal remains of Nebula. <laughs> if at some point in the movie she does just for a blip get the gauntlet and reverse things it's going to be huge well my next question is do you think the gauntlet that he has is destroyed because that was a lot of the speculation uh immediately after infinity war that the gauntlet that thanos has is so damaged that it's basically rendered inert watch this i'm gonna ask you a question one question you have all those stones right Mm -hmm. you have a red stone that's the reality stone correct doesn't matter if that gauntlet's destroyed it doesn't have to stay destroyed he doesn't need to use it because as of right now, Thanos is altruistic. What he wanted, he accomplished. The only thing now he needs to do is prevent someone from reversing that because it could mean to more cost of life as his initial plan is. Correct. Which means I think it would be really interesting, hyper interesting even, if he took some of these characters that died from the MCU, some of these heroes, and made them his puppets. What if Spider-Man is essentially a walking dead Spidey protecting Thanos? Hmm. And... Well, especially because his Black Order is gone. Yes, exactly. Who's going to protect him now? So I think there's a lot of plausibilities. I also would really like the the kind of stance that Thanos just doesn't care anymore. He finally reached his goal. He finally is at peace. The galaxy is 50-50. He can watch the sun set on a grateful uh, universe. Existence is 50-50. He doesn't care what happens at that point because he has reached his goal. I think the question that needs to be answered in all of this in the Infinity War thing, and Matt, I don't know if you know this or not, but you already have the uh, Asgardians sacrifice half of their people. So half of half is now gone. Is half of half gone is the question. If it's totally at random, that half that is remaining, could all of them be there? Or one of them be gone. Right. Okay. But is it half of every race? So it's pure and fair. Every race is cut in half. I think it is half of all life. all life in existence. Including so, animals. Including plants and animals. Oh, plants. In my, in my mind, that's how it makes the most sense. I never thought about vegetation. In my mind, that's how it makes the most sense. Because because Groot species would also be affected. Uh, but I've also, I've also said this as a spoiler. I think I know the way around to keep Groot alive. And that's in Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. He's still there. Right. He's Plant still, him. Yes. That's all so, I can say. But that once Groot went, in my mind, it's like, okay, then some trees on a planet are just gone. True. Because it's all Thanos, the way that he says it, all life in existence. The, all those trees in that first uh, Lord of the Rings movie, gone. They're all, all they can't walk <laughs> anymore. They're all fucking done. Well, uh, like what you said, I kind of like the idea of Thanos just not giving a shit anymore. Yeah. Like, if you want to come take it, here, here it is. You can carry this burden. Yeah, we'll see if you can have this power and wield it. Exactly. How well will you do when you have the choice? Mm-hmm. That I mean, that, that which there are is, a lot of dangerous which would be questions. Great, great character development, especially with him and Nebula. Yes. Because the scenes where they're on his ship, and you know, he's like, "Well, I've got fucking Nebula around back here. I mean, I got her strung up behind the outhouse. I mean, like, she tried to kill me, and she almost did." He is the only person, other than Tony Stark and Thor, 
in the film that recognizes being a threat to his life. Hulk isn't. Hulk is the strongest living thing in existence, potentially. Matter he gets, the stronger he gets if you go comic way. Yep. So all you have to do is make Thor or Hulk more mad, and he's stronger than Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Theoretically. Theoretically is what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. So I have a thought. Just a second. Sure. Hold, hold that thought. I'll save it. So I, I picked that up viewing two that Thanos recognizes three people. Nebula, then Thor, or I'm sorry, Nebula, then Tony Stark, and then Thor. Those are the only three pre- people that he recognizes as being a threat. The entire movie. Entire movie. Kind of Doctor Strange, I was about to say, what about but not Dr. real. Strange? Because he, he says, you're a wizard and I've beaten your tricks. Okay, it's twofold. I'll, I'm going to talk about Doctor Strange for a second, but I want to talk about Black Widow being a sacrifice play. Oh, you're going back to my original if, theory. Exactly. If Black Widow sacrifices herself on behalf of the greater good, that would probably, based on what we know and her relationship with Bruce Banner, make him so enraged and so overwhelmed with emotion maybe hulks out to another level that is unstoppable. So you're so, thinking world breaker? Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I was so, thinking. So so Blaine and Nate and myself prior to Infinity War, all of us and including Brando kind of sat down in our own little little hubs and we we debated uh the trailers, we debated the 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 rumors, we debated a lot of stuff. We looked at it from all angles. From all angles. And by the time it was all said and done, between Blaine, Nate, Brandon, and myself, we had pretty much pegged Infinity War scene by scene. And and you and I, after we left the theater, standing in the parking lot, called it scene by scene. Yeah. Only thing that I wasn't right, or that we as a, as a collective group were not right about, my original theory with the Hulk was that that original trailer scene that you see when uh, the children of Thanos are mauling um, all Hulk, the outriders the Hulk, are all the outriders are mauling the Hulk breaker suit or the Hulk buster suit. I'm sorry. Um, my original theory was in that moment you get black widow dying. However, it, it, it doesn't matter how it is. Randomly, tragically, Randomly, whatever. tragically, however, it's irrelevant. Okay. She dies. Other than Tony Stark, Black Widow is the only person that Bruce Banner has an emotional connection with. Potentially sexual slash physical connection with. Black Widow is the only one. Some desire there. She's the only yeah. one that recognizes him as anything other than the Hulk besides Tony. Okay? So... He sees her die, however, and that's when the Hulk emerges. The Hulk busts out of the Hulk or the Hulkbuster suit, and then that's how we beat Thanos. That's how we challenge Thanos. So I went with that theory pretty hard. Yeah. Because I as a Hulk fan, my favorite two characters in all of comic nerddom are the Hulk and Venom. I love Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> I love me some Lou Ferrigno, okay? Yeah. I also liked, I hated Eric Bana Hulk, but I liked Edward Norton Hulk. I liked Edward I Norton I thought it was a lot. pretty good. Um, 
I also actually up until Guardians and the Incredible Hulk was my favorite Marvel movie. Really? Yeah, I love the Incredible um, Hulk with Edward Norton. I, I, I wouldn't go back to Edward Norton. Uh, from where we're at now. I like Mark Ruffalo as well, yeah. I, I, I think just overall, Mark Ruffalo is a better Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. And then the Hulk is all CGI. Yeah. So, I don't need Edward Norton. I would say Edward Norton is a better actor than Mark Ruffalo. But Ruffalo is such a good Banner, I, why would I go back? Yeah. You know, why, why would I even look forward to something else? Mark Ruffalo is my guy. Um, But that was always my theory that ultimately black widow through sacrifice or accident or whatever is especially after watching the film and not seeing the hulk for the majority of the movie i think that's the that's the way that you get the green guy back mm-hmm. and then it makes sense because scarlett johansson at this point in the film is outmatched outplayed she's pretty much hawkeye in every movie but hawkeye is a little bit more useful in my mind um <laughs> It's kind of like that SNL sketch where he's got the 11 <laughs> Yes. He's like, yeah. 11 this bad guys. What's yes. on the sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, obviously I'm not a writer for Marvel or Disney, but I think, I think that's ultimately the way that you go. Because Scarlett Johansson is one of the longest tenured people in the MCU. Yeah. Her contract's going to be coming up. Her contract's soon. coming up, I think. Uh, Nate can, can offer more on that for sure because I think he knows better than I do. We're supposed to be getting the Black Widow series, right? Well, and that, especially with all the Disney streaming service shit. Yeah. You know, you do your uh, Scarlet Witch and the Vision. You do your Winter Soldier and Falcon and your Loki shows. When those are on break, then you debut your Black Widow shit. And then then it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, she's done. You know, let's do a little bit of something else. What's I would up, like, Backstreet, fat piece of shit? I would like a series with Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yes, absolutely. I think that would be a really Let, cool show. Let's see what fuck what the fuck happened in Budapest. Yeah. You know? I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Infinity War yet. Um, well, I'm sorry. It's fine. I, I knew what happened. I have it. You can borrow it. Well, I think you it's on like Netflix. You look like you're about to die. I think it's on Netflix now in December, so... I'll probably just watch it. it yeah, then. it's on Netflix yeah, right now. Yeah, so I'll probably just watch it here soon. That was you my... look like you're going to die. Yeah, I look like I'm going to die? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've like... been itching my eyes a lot, so they're like really puffy. Yeah, they're really puffy, and your hair looks like you got butt fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh. great observation. You look like you just got pegged right now by that beer bottle. <laughs> but uh, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to wa- watch that, but kind of like knowing already kind of what would happen. I think it'd be really cool, like what you said, if Thanos just doesn't care, like, what would you do if you wield this power? And, like, he uses it to tempt Tony Stark. Because Tony, what's Tony going to think about? Do I bring my parents back? And then... Especially after the events of Winter Soldier. Yeah, exactly. Um, you Civil know, War. Or, yeah, Civil yeah, War. Yeah, thank you. Uh, not only do I... And you've, you've been on point with the corrections tonight for me. You're not normally there. What up? That or uh, I just mean like any, basically any event. He learned from the best. Ooh. Just uh, try to like, be like, yeah, let's Fat see Mark how McGuire. you deal with this power. And then <laughs> as the movie like progresses, it's them coping with it. And then. Well, like we just talked about, you've got Chris Evans, you've got um, Robert Downey Jr., and you've got Scarlett Johansson. Those are your three longest tenured people. 
as Chris, far as Chris Hemsworth, yeah, and Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry. You will love me. Um, <laughs> he's like burying his head, like yes. You've got those four people as your longest tenured under contract. Um, I don't, and and Nate and Blaine and I have all talked about this in length. I don't see Cap Tony. I don't see both of them surviving Infinity War. In my mind, it makes the most sense that they're both gone. I agree with that. Um, At the same time, you could make a strong case for... Get off the microphone, you fat fuck. You could make a strong case for... (laughs) Either Get out of my beer. Jesus, fuck. Baxter's flaring his asshole to the camera. you You could make a strong case for... Cap surviving, living on with what Tony left him. You could make the strong case for Tony surviving, living on through Cap's legacy. Cap is trapped in the 40s. Time travel is going to trap him in the 40s. And Tony's going to get stuck as an AI. He'll die, but he'll have an AI program left to Peter. That's my thought. I think it would make the most sense if Tony or some form of Tony stays and the Marvel Universe just for, you know, Spider-Man going forward. Because um, they've established that relationship as... But at the same time, in in Marvel Spider-Man right now, we don't have the loss of Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. The loss of Tony can fill the role of a little bit of that loss of Uncle Ben, in my mind. So, But I feel like you save that for an actual Spider-Man movie. Speaking of, I think we're going to get the Far From Home trailer tomorrow for listeners on Ooh. Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iTunes. My man. At podcastrefreepod.podbean.com. If you want just Podbean and iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that makes the most sense of it be Tony going forward uh, than Cap. I feel like Cap is more of a symbol of, it would be a better symbol for sacrifice with that, See, but with that I, I made I made that argument a long time ago, and then I looked at it from a little bit different perspective. You have Cap and Tony going against each other from the beginning, and then in the end, Tony sacrifices himself more so to show Cap that he's not just the man in the suit. He's not the billionaire playboy philanthropist. Yep. See, I mean, that makes sense, too. I, like I said... I think at this point you could look at it from any yeah. angle and it makes sense. And whatever and that's angle good they just storytelling, absolutely. And whatever angle they decide to go with, I will accept and be okay with. Yeah. In my mind, Tony's sacrifice makes the most sense. But I think all three of them have to go. You sacrifice Black Widow to then unleash the Hulk. Cap goes after Tony. Tony sacrifices himself for Cap. You know, Tony's forward-thinking enough to create a replacement for himself, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he would find somebody to pick up the Jarvis mantle of 2. Iron 0. Man. Yeah. What if it's uh, T'Challa's little sister? Yeah. Ooh, Shuri. There, I've, I've heard a lot of theory that she's going to be Iron Woman after Tony goes. Um, you could also see somebody like Bucky becoming Cap, or, or even Falcon well, becoming and, Cap. And, and we've talked about that in yes. length. Who do you put as the next Cap? Is it Bucky or Falcon? My question is... I think you could go either way and it'd be just fine. We say those three have to go, but then we have Chris Hemsworth still, who is also one of the most tenured people. But he's also the strongest Avenger prior to Captain Marvel. I'm going to say a fucked up thing. Let him lead your team. I'm going to say a fucked up thing here. Maybe Hemsworth also goes 
and just for a time, not permanently goes, just for a time to give us the illusion of this happening. He goes we, on vacation with Jane Foster? No. We get Jane Foster Thor. See, I'm not a fan of that. And Natalie Portman steps into a different role and maybe forces her to be a different character because the Jane Foster they've created in the movies is vapid. I don't like her. She does not work for what you want as a future tripping. Well, I think part of it is because Natalie Portman does not want to be in the role. Exactly. She has resistance, and it's just a money-making thing for her, which is unfortunate. That's why she's not used in Ragnarok. But I also love Natalie Portman, too, which is upsetting. Uh, fortunate. Yeah, I know. Do you think... So my question, I guess, is, in short, do you see her sticking on in favor of them giving her the chance to be Thor and maybe broadening her horizons, or do they recast... In favor of getting someone who could be more in the future See, in of my, Lady Thor. In my mind, you don't even go the Lady Thor route because, and and I can't remember if it was you and I or Brandon and I that, sure. that went into this at length. You sacrifice Tony and Cap. Yep. And then who is left behind? Who is the most qualified to lead the Avengers? I see what you're saying. In, with Thor's character development through Ragnarok and through Infinity War... Thor is your guy to lead the Avengers. So though his contract is expensive, Tony's money, or I'm sorry, Robert Downey Jr.'s money is gone. Uh, Chris Evans's money is gone. Possibly Scarlett Johansson. Those three, all that money is off the table. Keep Chris, or I'm sorry, Chris Hemsworth where it's at. Let him lead the Avengers. He doesn't even have to have a strong role. Cameos. Maybe the occasional four movie See, I think just kind of play cool it out. If he like disappeared for a little bit and then he came back as like an Odin. older kind of Thor, King Thor, old man yeah. Thor, yeah. yeah, King Thor, yeah. I King would dig, I would dig that one hundred percent. I I would like that. I also think it would be interesting to see. Uh, you know, if, if Thor sticks around in a full time role, Chris Hemsworth, you can give him the maximum amount of money in a contract. You could relegate RDJ to um, cameo appearances, yeah. voice acting yeah. role. Whether he's the AI, whether he is some sort of holographic thing for guidance for Peter or whatever. Yeah, the it first may be. time the first time that you pitched that to me, I loved it. It makes yeah. the most sense I out mean, of everything. I just I don't see a world where 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 listen, Robert Downey Jr. is the legacy player of the MCU. Mm -hmm. He is the MCU without him, and and there's no way around it. Without his work and ability to make Iron Man believable as a character, this all launched for yeah, what it the, is. He's the king on the so, chessboard. So essentially, to permanently take him off doesn't make sense. You're, you're, first of all, he wants to still make a little bit of something-something. He doesn't want to go do all other projects and forget about that Marvel money. It's been too good for him for 10 years, you know? Right. So give him best of both worlds. You go do whatever the fuck you and, want. We'll and, call you for a two And it's a, a franchise that he has embraced and enjoys being a part of. Yes. it's And, and it's because it gave him a chance. I got a theory. A second chance. What if Thanos uses the Infinity Gauntlet to break reality and brings Venom from Sony into the Marvel Universe. Is that your segue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good God, my man. We'll work on that segue. There I, was... I, I want to wrap I want to wrap up this Infinity uh, War conversation because we haven't had any of this conversation since Lafcon. Since Lafcon yeah. for sure. Yeah. That was kind of the last time that Episode we talked about Episode 200 of JIC. Um So, I mean, what, what I, I thought it was a nice Yes. Segue. It wasn't bad. <laughs> 
Okay. I did. Well. I figured that's where you were at because you still yeah. look like you're dead. I'm just listening uh, at this point. Matt, he's Nate, and myself have all kind of said our piece. Yeah, I've said everything I've needed to say over the last year. Or so. Right, Nate. Or uh, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> Matt throwing some some good theories and some some good. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the movie. I think it's also important uh, to note exposition out without actually even seeing the movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, now we're on. Now we're on to the topic of the night. Well, I want to I want to add one tiny little flare, and this is just a subline that I want to throw away. Ant Man and Paul Rudd are the most important character in the MCU. No, actually, I. I... <laughs> He broke me, son of a bitch. I was actually going to say that Scarlet Witch uh, watching Ven- uh, Vision die is going to lead to her creating a world where mutants do exist. You think she goes evil? Temporarily, yeah, just like House of M. They're going to do a modern House of M story. Okay. It will be our introduction to the X-Men. That's I what think I was that at. is the most logical thing. Now, what you're doing is you're playing it on the reverse of what the actual House of M story, for those of you who may not have read it, House of M, Wanda decides that she doesn't want any mutants, but her and a very few choice mutants. So she s- essentially creates her own snapping. Right. And there are only like six mutants in existence. Wolverine is one of them. But he starts to realize the world he lives in where he's just this guy is wrong and this isn't how it's supposed to be and something's off and he's got to get to this lady Wanda, but he's not quite sure. And ultimately they have to set things right. I think you do the reverse of this. However... The end result is, while it's not a world where only mutants exist, it's a world where some mutants do exist. And that's how you bridge the gap. You bring the now-acquired Fox properties over, and Bob's your uncle. Let's, you Which got, we, well, before, sure. to finish that up, yeah. which we, we have, especially you and I have talked at length, is how you introduce mutants and the X-Men into the MCU. It's the only way that makes sense. Because you can't just pop them in and say, yep, they've been here the whole time. They haven't been doing a fucking thing. And they they've don't care the about time. society or yep. the planet they live on. Yep, you cannot do it that way. So, Do you do, you do that with Fantastic Four, though? Fantastic Four in the negative zone. Easy. They've been stuck, trapped in the negative zone from an experiment that Reed Richards put them in. And that's how they actually get their powers is being under exposure from years in the negative zone. That's Nate's way. My way is don't fucking include them at all because they're shit superheroes and they all suck. <laughs> Here's the thing. Totally incorrect. Here's the thing. Oh, that shit. is Stan Lee's legacy. Totally. Well, Those are the, totally. That's the first team he ever created. Thank well, you. I, I'm sorry. Um the Model T was the first car that Ford made. And I'd and, still love to own one. And that would be really fuck cool. Off because I would not own a Model T if you paid it, paid for it. We have Are a Model you sure T. about that? If, if you were if given I, the if opportunity. If that is the only fucking vehicle no, 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 you could no. have, Nate. No, no, no. Here's the deal. My family's someone, got a Model T. Someone offers you. fucking suck it. Much like his family. You're, you're jealous. I get that. Uh, <laughs> My family have one, too. It's a Model A. Okay, Model A's are dope, too. What I'm yeah. saying is you still want to have it because it's a part of the legacy. Yeah. It isn't the best fucking car. No. It's not a GT500. It isn't the I fucking Cobra. I want the road traveled forward, not the road thought about behind. Let me ask you a question. Let's just say they do bring the Fantastic Four in, and it's the fucking best movie since sliced bread, and it's okay. better than Guardians. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. For, in my mind, I'm sorry, folks, this is going to be a long one. Um, you've got Matt, you've got myself, you've got Nate, Pod Daddy, the one, and then you've got thirty percent or Blaine over there. Look like he got butt fucked by a water buffalo. Um, 
I don't know where that came from, but it was great. Um, so, in my mind, to do the Fantastic Four right, you have to have someone in. Uh, Nate, there are no movies titled Slice Bread. You Rotten Tomatoes does not have that. Twat. <laughs> you twat. Get what the if it's the best movie here. since the fucking Godfather Part 2? How about this? What if <laughs> the Fantastic Four is literally the greatest movie you've ever seen okay. and it breaks your expectation? For that to happen, you have to have someone extremely well-casted as Reed Richards okay. and Invisible fucking Woman Human Seuss Torch. Tor- okay. Okay. I don't give a fuck about Invisible Woman. I don't care. What about the thing? That could be anyone. I have the cast, bro. I have the perfect cast for you that would make you want to watch okay. it. If I don't agree with it, don't get mad. Okay, that's fine. Lay it on me. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm going to tell you, your Mr. Fantastic is John Krasinski, A Quiet Place. Yeah. We agreed on that. Easy. There's not even. Ago. We don't have to have that discussion. Know, I didn't even think about that, but that is fantastic. It's, it's all fantastic. So I see, I see what you did there, my man. <laughs> but what's even more fantastic, as it were, is to include his wife, Emily Blunt, and have her be Susan Storm. Which is why I said it doesn't really matter. You could put anyone in that role True. as long as you have strong Reed Richards, yep. strong Human Torch, Correct. mediocre thing. You've got the cast. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna build your cast some more. Now you might not agree with the next two, their little fringe, but I think they play off each other nicely. I also think that they deliver what you want for both these characters. I think your Human Torch is Zac Efron. I think, I know, I know, <laughs> triggered. <laughs> you triggered. You oh, got man. me. You might I like cast, that casting. You might as well cast fucking Jonah Hill as the human torch. No, what about He's a better actor. What about that kid that played the Red Power Ranger in the new Power Ranger movie? Ooh. I haven't seen it, so Ooh. I can't offer that. He's in oh, Stranger Things. Yeah, he's in Ooh. Stranger Things season two. Yeah. Uh, Billy, right? Isn't he Billy? No, in he that? plays Jason. Oh, no, he plays Billy in Stranger Billy Things. Billy in Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah, he's the douchebag. Billy. The brother with the long hair in Stranger Things. Oh, the one that's the trying to nail the sister? Yeah. No, okay. no, no. No, no. That's... You're thinking of Steve. <laughs> yeah, not Steve. Okay, the, I have no fucking idea. The long-haired I haven't 80s. watched Stranger Things. So. Sure, fair point. Uh, and then, honestly, your your Ben Grimm thing, it's the easiest casting, but you'll never see it coming. John Cena. He's the right build. He has just enough comedy. He can bring the serious side to his ability to act. You've seen him in all can, kinds of movies do can it. He, can he deliver, though, when it comes to drama? We're gonna yeah, s- we're gonna see with Bumblebee. I I genuinely um, think so. I, have you seen the movie Legendary? No, That's excellent movie. Good. It's a WWE film. Really? Is yeah. it a John Cena? Yes. Yeah. So he oh. plays a uh, like he's like a high school wrestler, oh. like a former high school wrestler, and then some kid comes to him once. It's his brother. He teaches him. Oh, his brother. it's his brother. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, I'll check it out. Legendary. Excellent. It oh, used to I'll be on Netflix. It. Okay. The mo- okay. So going deeper than this, the sure. most important part. Of your Fantastic Four film, Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. hands down. Oh yeah, yeah. You could fuck up every single part of that movie, and if you get Doctor Doom right, it's okay. Yeah. Because why do you even need the Fantastic Four? You and I have agreed on this. Why do you even bring in the Fantastic Four into the MCU? There is one and only reason. It's Galactus. That's the yeah. only reason you well, fucking bring it in. There's it's twofold though because Galactus brings Silver Surfer right. and and all the things that so this could be your Human Torch. 
Oh, you showed him Jason from. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, uh, I'm totally okay with that. Yep. So uh, back to Doom. The Doom casting is tough because I feel like you need to look for an actor or you need to look at somebody who is not mainstream to well, get a successful The guy that originally portrayal. played Dr. Doom, I can't ever remember his name, but I love him. He was off of Nip Tuck. That's yes. what I was just thinking. Of. I was about to just joke me like, get the guy from casting. Nip Tuck. So you guys, are talking, you guys are talking the 2005 yes. double reboot of of uh, Fantastic Four. Not the 1994 original, original movie. That guy sucked as like Victor, but his doom was fucking amazing. Uh, by the way, you can see that on YouTube. Okay. What if they cast like someone that was like Ryan Gosling or George Clooney as Doctor Doom? I no. know. I know right now who fucking Nate once cast as Doctor Doom. You can't even. Brian Cranston. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> no, pull through because fuck? he has a much better. better You're just position saying in the MCU. that. Oh, oh, You're just Brian saying that, Tyler. That was stupid. That was a stupid <laughs> joke. That was You're poor. a stupid joke. Yeah. That was poor. <laughs> Let me bring it to your real talk. I think. Honestly, he, just because he's charming and a little bit terrifying, there are one or two names that come to light that could be Doom, but it's it's a it's a hard choice because putting this character behind a mask, you kind of almost want to cast somebody kind of ugly. I hate to be a cunt about Clooney. it. John Hamm. Okay. Okay. Or Jeffrey Dean Morgan. See, no, I don't, I don't. No, I'm not feeling. I don't. Like, I, I, I don't relate think both of those to Batman. Really? Well, I mean, I guess I guess JDM has had his fill of comic book roles, but I think if you give him that softer touch and the more maniacal thing, I got one. And it's let okay. What about the uh, the guy from The Watchmen? He played uh, what Prometheus? Is that who, what his name was? Ozymandias. What if it was him? I'd be okay with that. I don't know who that is. I mean, I don't know who I don't played his him. Name either. Yeah. But uh, what about uh, ooh? What about uh, Mm. Mm, I like mm as a casting. Yeah, That's a I great had his casting. name, and then he he brought up Ozzy Mendez, and then I forgot what I was gonna say. Damn. What about? Oh man, Dick will know. What about the guy that played Devoe as Von Doom? Ooh. 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 Oh, Brian Cranston. Oh. <laughs> You just it wasn't wish Tom Brian Hardy Cranston. was half as good as an actor. Oh, it's you're, you're pushing my buttons, pal. <laughs> Don't um, call me pal, buddy. Boy. The guy who played DeVoe. Uh, maybe. Like, think about when he's in his, like, professor. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm not seeing. His, not when he's super psychotic, but just the professor side of him. Yeah, I, I, that's, what, that's what I'm seeing. Ooh, it, that'd be interesting. It's still, it's still a big maybe. Yeah. Still a big maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't what know. about Liam fucking Neeson? Ooh. As Doctor Doom? Fuck yeah, why not? I'm into it. Make what it is... Scottish Doom. What about Henry Cavill? <laughs> Henry Cavill? Whatever. I don't why fucking... do you say his name? Yeah, you've always done that. that. It's Cavill. Whatever. Fuck you. It. say you know, all the fucking You know names who the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> like he's got a gavel. No, no I, I couldn't do Henry Cavill as, as uh, Doctor Doom. Too big. I want a guy that is... Average enough that I don't instantly perceive him as a threat. And smart enough to know when to shave his fucking mustache. Bam. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. Get out. <laughs> so there's Ozymandias. Yeah, I think he could do it for sure. Ooh. Ooh, here's one for you. Jude fucking Law. You can't, though. I know, but you could. No, but you can't. <laughs> but you could. Just but like can't. we can't get Steve Ogg or whatever. Or 
Trevor. Walton Goggin. That's what oh, I was Walton Goggin. Oh, man. To play fucking Carnage. Yeah, that's who needed to play Carnage. Yeah, that's correct. who needed. That's That is who needed to play Carnage. Look at this beautiful, genuine segue. Let's ride upon it. Yeah. Okay, Let's real, talk about no, that stinker of a Venom no, movie. You do this, no. you do this a Venom lot. is a no, shit we're movie, on. and that post-credit scene <laughs> sealed the deal for me. Dang we're it. moving on. I thought my segue was good, but everybody hated it. <laughs> Fuck you, Nate. <laughs> okay, guys. So, I spent all of my time today listening to your lovely voice. Don't smile. It's okay. I listened to your lovely voice as well. Hey. As I drove here and as I did my dishes and as I showered and washed my balls. <laughs> all those things. It's true. Glad you did that today. At the yeah, same time. It's true. I was listening to podcast review <laughs> because I was listening to your guys' amazing review. Of Venom. Both the spoiler-free review on 212 and the non-spoiler-free review that you guys did on your episode, which was, I think, 58. Even the losers. Yep. Nice Tom Petty reference. Yeah, they get lucky sometimes. However, Venom is not one of those times. I can't wait for Tyler to retort in this at some point because I stated my opinion on the show on JIC this past week, and what I thought in the movie was, well, quite simply... <clears throat> some things met my expectations how venom looked sure thumbs up everything else no no please no like it was just vapid the movie was vapid and maybe i've seen too many oscar flicks maybe i've spent too many times diving into the backstories of characters i really love and searching out the comics that they actually originated in and learning about the actual origins of these characters uh that didn't do it for me. And uh, there were some things that are forgivable. Sure, with what Sony has to work with, that's a passable movie. You can't say it's not. It's a passable film. But you can't also say that Marvel wouldn't do that whole movie like 40 million times better and have soul and spirit. And the most important part, the reason that symbiotes even exist at all in Marvel, Spider-Man. Secret Wars. That's it. He's about to retort, and I'm so excited. <laughs> he's getting the can, he's, he got his can of heritage out, and he's fucking... He's dipped in. First off, I'm going to ask Blaine if I have permission to speak. Oh. You have the floor. Thank you. Uh, secondly, <laughs> I'm going to say... Part of what you just expositioned, I totally agree with you. What I don't agree with is you have to look at what Sony has done previous as far as Spider-Man, as far as Venom. You have to say, okay, we've had Venom on the silver screen before. Bad. And it was awful. Topher Grace, it was worse. I 100% agree. Part of the reason that I shit on that role so much and, and I don't defend it, but at the same time I feel like I should... Because Topher Grace was typecast, but he was typecast into a role that wasn't Eric Foreman to begin with. So, Eddie Brock is not Eric Foreman. That was the most well-said fucking segue setup, by the way. Topher Topher Grace is typecast as Eric Foreman. 100%. Okay? You have someone who's typecast, and then you put them in a role that is 100%... 80 degrees the opposite of Eric Foreman. 
Correct. Eddie Brock is not Eric Foreman. Not even close. So you you put Topher Grace in that role and you say, okay, do your thing. And I think if the writing would have been a little bit better, Topher Grace could have done Eddie Brock. Not big, beefy, burly, bro Eddie Brock, but he could have performed. He could have delivered a good performance for the role. Almost like a nerfed Eddie Brock, yes. essentially. Oh, and then that creates maybe cancer a... Eddie Brock. Like he is, yes, thank he is you. Shriveled and that's what I'm talking. He is about. a shell of his former self. Okay, I don't know if that version of Eddie Brock existed at that point. Uh, yes, actually, the original version of Eddie Brock has cancer yes. and he's dying from the jump. It's a part of the symbiote's reason oh, to, yeah, to keep right. him living. Yep. Uh, it, and 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 to and to go into that, I think that's one thing. And I mentioned this on JIC. I want to get your guys' actual live opinion. Do you think that they didn't give him the big C in this movie because Ryan Absolutely. Reynolds, Deadpool, had the big C in a previous superhero yeah. movie, I and think, it's like, oh, how? Good. Why do superheroes all get cancer? Is cancer how you get superpowers? I, like, I think I think yes, and I also think because. L cancer. L, L cancer. cancer. Yeah. Uh and his uh Ryan Reynolds uh charity Fuck Cancer which is being renamed Fudge Cancer fudge. for a uh, limited time only. Fudge Cancer. Ryan Reynolds didn't come up with Fuck Cancer. It doesn't that, matter. That that's been around for a it while. It doesn't matter. He's the spokesperson for it right now, so Currently. Yeah. I have the floor. Um <laughs> uh, I, I had to enjoy that for a moment. That was great. Every now and then I have to be mean to Blaine. I always feel bad when I am, but every now and then I have to do it. He and doesn't that, really feel bad, folks. Don't no, let him like legitimately you. when really? I'm like Blaine is one of the few people that's like my best friends. I am mean to my best friends all the time. He is one of the only ones that I legitimately feel bad for being mean to. Totally. So um Baxter, you fat piece of shit. Get off his bag, bro. Come no, on. you you fucking shit on that bag. He he can sit on it. But, okay. <laughs> She can sit on it. Ooh, oh, that's what. Anyway, um, so so back to Venom. I think, I think they didn't give him the big C L cancer itself for a lot of reasons because there's so much emphasis on, especially in the beginning of the film, symbiote bonding with the host. Okay, that's it. And then towards the end of the movie, well, if the symbiote isn't being satisfied. It kills you. So it is essentially the cancer. Okay. I can't, I mean, that, I mean, that, it, it doesn't, I like fully, the metaphor for it. it. Doesn't I do fully make sense, but that's how I justified yeah. it in my mind. Like, I see that. I, I mean, I, I do too, because you think about the first homeless guy that gets kind of uh, fed to the symbiote mm-hmm. and it fucking wrecks him immediately. And he just gets like ripped in half and whatnot. Like there's, there's no connection there. And he just, takes from the inside and then leaves the the host. Uh I think that with Venom, I feel like this movie left me going, why the fuck do you want me to care about the narcissist Eddie Brock? And that's where the lack of a disease or something killing him or a reason to feel empathy at all for him did not help me in this movie. So I had there was never and and I'm being so genuine here. There's never a part when I'm watching Venom, and and to go back to your review on uh, 58, you said at the end of the movie when Venom sacrifices himself for Eddie, essentially, the hair on your arm is raising, and then it's just like it it hit you. 
in the fields, which I understand I've had that happen a lot in different movies and different times and whatnot. There was never a point in this movie where I was invested enough in Eddie Brock because they didn't give me enough to be invested in. He got what he deserved. He was shitty to his girlfriend. He stole from her. He cost her her job. Which he cost she, him his own job. Which she surely got back <clears throat> because she's a successful lawyer. But not maybe with okay. the same law firm, but with <clears throat> a law firm in New York City. Sure, but you're San still Francisco. having to start over and pick up the pieces because right. of this idiot making a mistake. Right. But And he still never atones for that sin either, and she still helps him throughout the movie. So I think part of what would help you appreciate this film a little bit more, which sure. helped me. Okay. Detach yourself from comic book Eddie Brock. Okay. And just attach yourself to animated series Spider-Man Eddie Brock. Ooh, now you're playing a different fiddle on my heart. Okay, wait a minute. At what point in animated series Spider-Man did Eddie Brock have cancer? I actually don't think they they don't give him cancer, they right? Don't. That's that's one of the he, things that but of course he in was 94, just a big jock meathead who that hated Peter at Parker the, at the daily and fucked up and got fired and thought that it was Parker's fault yep. and blamed him. And I mean and to talk about this, one thing you mentioned on your guys' review, you talk about the origin of uh Venom and how the symbiote leaving Parker going direct to Eddie. In the comics, that is not the case. That only happened in the animated series. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We, we were just pointing out strictly the animated series be, because for the general public, for the majority general public, people recognize what happened in animated series Batman. First, anima- yeah. se- Animated series Spider-Man. Because for a lot of people, especially Secret Wars, that was the first time that they saw Secret Wars. Yeah. They didn't read it. In the comics. On paper, they yeah. saw it on TV. Oh, man, reading it on paper is rough. It's a rough read, folks. We did it. It's. But animated series Secret Wars was fantastic. Totally. And for totally. people like myself who didn't read Secret Wars until long after I saw the animated series, it made me appreciate what the animated series was that much more because I thought it was so well done. Seeing Spidey work with you know, the lizard and I mean, all kinds of characters that it's like, whoa, this fucking makes sense. Yeah, they did it good. Uh, I guess the guise of thinking about it only in the animated series vision is going to change my second. Well, now it'll be my third watch through the first one I fell asleep in. Sorry, Venom, not sorry, but I wasn't into it. I really, I just, I, I couldn't connect because I was, Waiting for them to do something comic book related, like from that actual origin of Venom, right? To hook me, and they didn't. And now you're saying that when you watched it, your appreciation for this movie and the reason you give it an eight comes from, well, the animated series, Absolutely. as you just said. I, I really, I'm a huge fan of the Spidey animated series, and I mean, like, I, pointing out the subtle difference between the comic and animated versions. I think I need to rewatch this movie with the with the goggles of like if well, this was direct sequel from what they had to work with from the animated series. You you kind of and, and the reason I brought this up is because in your review of Venom, you kind yeah. of pointed it out with the you know Jameson being the astronaut that brings back the symbiote. That's animated series. That's animated series. Dead so on. at the very beginning of the film, as I'm starting to critique it. I never even looked at it like that. As I'm starting to critique it, I was at a T in the road. I turned left, 
and I judge this film based on what happened in the comics, which I am thoroughly more well-versed than Blaine in. Yeah. Not near as well-versed as you, but wow. I'm I'm better than the average bear. I 100% appreciate that, yeah. And then you turn right, and you just compare it to the animated series. I know what I'm doing when I get home. <laughs> and then it makes, and then and then I think you appreciate it a little bit more. And I also, at the same time, Blaine and I going into this film, we agreed that the PG-13 rating was just to see if if Venom could fit into MCU Spider-Man. That's ultimately what this was a test for. We agreed on that. Before we saw yeah. the film. Yeah. I like that, but I say, and I said that in my review, that the one big failure, you can have PG-13 and still have a little bit of blood. Right. And the fact that there was zero blood from decapitated <coughs> bodies. Come on. Like, listen, we're in 2018. <coughs> it's not the era of 1994 that we all grew up in where, like, gore and blood was seen as extreme and totally violent. And we're going to go out tomorrow and fucking kill kids with knives in the, right. in the streets. That's and, not where we're at now. And I can't take that. I, I can't take that away and or argue with it because I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. The only thing I would say, and it would be me like way going out on a limb to defend the film. Sure. Maybe the symbiote just fucking sucked up all the blood. Okay. I'm going to ask another question. I mean, that's going, I, I, I see where you understand. I, that's me going way. That out was on you swinging on, a fucking foul ball, yes, right? Okay, yes. I get you. But I'm going to ask a totally different question coming from a different angle. Sure, the blood thing. Whatever. Let let it be forgiven. The symbiote takes it in. That's cool. Actually, I kind of like it because then it's like the symbiote was feeding off of the person, mm -hmm. right? What the fuck is going on with how the symbiote takes over a person? That is not how it ever happened in the comic series, in the fucking in the TV series and any video game, when a fucking symbiote takes over a person, it covers their entire outer body and becomes what they're going to become. It doesn't suck into their chest first and then overtake them. Right. That's a confusing thing for me because, and maybe that's just because they were trying to make it seem more parasitic, I guess, mm -hmm. but it just seemed a little sour note. I think it's they, a, it's an okay solo, but there's some sour notes in this. I movie. think they went a little bit uh, John Carpenter's the thing with it, where okay the symbiote yeah. the symbiote is actually bonding with the host at a cellular level and not a physical level. Okay, okay, is where I and again that's me kind of hit swinging at the foul ball. That's me trying to justify it. But it makes more sense. See, to you're, me, it you're, makes the most sense that way. You're giving me an opportunity to visualize Especially it a little bit differently. Especially when. A uh, scientist that no one in their right mind could remember her name, Tom Hardy's pseudo friend with the Life Foundation, is looking at blood under a microscope. You see the symbiote interacting with blood cells on that microscope slide. So in my mind, I instantly instantly say, okay, they're bonding. The symbiote is bonding with you on a cellular level, i.e., 1984 John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, it either eats you by, you know... Incompatibility. Yep. Or uh, you don't satiate said symbiote enough that it starts to devour you on a cellular level. 
where is the highest concentration of cells in your body? Your major organs, okay, okay. which are constantly being and, repaired. And they bring that up in the movie. Yes. Good point, because he talks about how he's going to eat Eddie's liver. Yeah. Your liver looks delicious, Eddie. Yes. You know? So that, that's... This is fucking fresh in my mind, you guys. Like, I just watched this That's how I day, justified so. it. I mean, Blaine might think a little bit differently, but... I've only seen the film once. Okay. And that was night number one. Sure. And that's been two months ago. Two months ago. That was how I justified it. Some issues that I had with the film were definitely the blur that you pointed out. That one fucking motorcycle sequence between the two cars. I'm sorry. He was a floating head. Yeah. yeah, It's bad. That that sequence was bad. Um, and, And I think Blaine and I agreed going into the film that as we were watching trailers building up to the movie, uh, that was kind of the one one trailer sequence that we were like, you know. Yeah. Like, why yeah. Do, like, ooh, another why chase we, scene. Why so do we need what? a Fast and the Furious chase scene yeah. in a Venom movie? Just, you didn't. I just want to see Venom bite people more. Oh, I lost. Uh, I'm not on the motorcycle anymore. Ah! Whoa. And that's that's kind of how we yelled in the movie too, which, <laughs> which made me hate it a little bit. But... Um, as far as you guys ever watch that video of like Tom Cruise's weird scream from the Mummy inserted into other videos? And no, it, because no. I never watched the Mummy. So no, I didn't either. But no, it's but I never watched funny. the Mummy, so I didn't want to see anything Mummy related. Oh, because I'm oh. I'm a stalwart. Uh, defend they, Brandon Fraser. In the whoa, movie. I was sitting here going, "What the fuck is he talking about? Tom Cruise is not the Mummy." I totally forgot they did the reboot. <laughs> yeah, it's that okay. Happened. That's Holy okay shit. that you forgot that. Yeah, it was terrible. Whoa. Okay, so listen. Brandon Frazier, only mummy movies that matter. This game that we're playing right now about Venom is like chess, and I'm about to bring yet another chess piece move because I want to know what your thoughts and how you're going to explain this one. Riot is allegedly your strongest symbiote, okay? These few get onto the ship, onto the shuttle, Jameson shuttle. That makes sense. The Life Foundation then takes a hold of them. So as of the lab sequence, you have Venom Mm -hmm. in Tom Hardy. Yep. You have Riot in Riz Ahmed. In well, well, in he's actually in Chi- the Chinese lady, and then on his on the way to child. Then, and yeah. then you have uh, you would say Scream, the yellow, which is Scream, symbiote. I believe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. the purple one, which is Nasher, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. If I remember back, you're to, correct. Uh, the symbiote squad, as I like to call them. Um, James so, Gunn should direct that. What? What? James, James Gunn direct that. I thought you just. Squad. I thought he totally just Kurt Cobain marble in his mouth. That he's <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, I've, I've, I have had like a really bad problem slurring my words and shit lately. He's got like a. I, it's like I'm having mini strokes you, like constantly. Damn drunkard. I had that for a while. You and I need to talk about that after the show. Oh. So I hope you fix that. Um, <laughs> Got to jerk off more regularly. So prior to the movie, you okay. and I talked about how much we're going to see the rest of the symbiote squad. And if they'll play any major factor. And if Riot is actually going to be a child of Venom, like he was supposed to be. A spawn, yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know. Uh, and you know what? I'll even forgive them for that, for making them all different symbiotes. Because that is character development. Mm-hmm. It creates an interesting thing. You can do cool colors. I get it for marketing purposes. That's all fine. Well, and especially if you look at the comics where Riot is involved, Riot was half-ass created in a lab. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially like the genetic mutation of experimentation of yes. fucking symbiotes. So, 
and that's why he's so fucking angry. So to go down big. that to go down he's that like road, he's really big. Oh, he is really he is really big. I mean, to go down that road, how much story? I mean, how much you would have to write into the movie for that to make sense? I mean, you would have to add, I think, a substantial amount of runtime. About another thirty-five minutes, at, at least. At least to justify that, especially you add the other two symbiotes in on top of that. I like the direction, and I, I stand by what I said in our initial uh, kind of two-part review. I like the direction that they, that they took Riot. Maybe not so much the direction that they took Venom as far as him being the loser. That one bothers me, and but, you guys talked about it on your show. But at the same time, I also appreciated it because it made me look at Eddie Brock in a little bit different way. He wasn't the dumb brute that he was in the animated series. He was a. It wasn't cancer ridden like the comics. Yep, it was slight. <laughs> it was a slightly more pathetic brute. Not dumb. Pathetic but ma- though, but is makes a good but man. makes really really poor choices. The narcissist in him is his downfall. Absolutely, actually. that's so, okay. okay. So I accepted that. Sure. Especially when it came to Riot, because then it was Riot is the typical dumb Eddie Brock. I am the alpha male. You are going to do what I say, Peter Parker, because I'm bigger than you to Venom. So that, in my mind, was how, okay, let's draw a little bit of parallel with Spider-Man here without drawing parallel to Spider-Man. Okay. That's how it made sense to me. So on my closing argument about this this is the last little point that I just couldn't get over in the movie. You have a comet Mm -hmm. with a million symbiotes. You have Riot. Venom and these few that make their way to Earth. Riot takes over all these things to get ultimately to the host he knows he needs. Mm -hmm. And his goal is to go back to the comet and then bring the rest of these symbiotes back. How did they not figure out how the fuck to get back on their own if there's a million of them and these few broke through? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, did they break through or did Jameson and the rest of the astronauts capture them? Well, and there's my big argument. Why are they not telling me this in their story? This is the vapid thing that I came back to. They don't give me enough. It's the it's almost the the Batman versus Superman symptom of the relegating things to one liners that you might miss fucks you because, first of all, partially deaf. So if I miss a single line of dialogue and it's your big crux of why things work in the movie. It's going to fuck me. Okay. I have to have substance there. And they don't ever give me substance of how and why Jameson went and how and why. Well, but you understand why Jameson went. Well, yeah. He, because he's the Life there... Foundation is, is exploring space. To try to find new planets. Yes. I, 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 I mean, kind of. At least that part you can, you can agree that they explain thoroughly in the film. I mean, they do make that like the Life Foundation's goal, you know. Which I don't think you need any more than that because that explains why this billionaire playboy philanthropist who's a fucking dickhead. You're talking about Riz Ahmed again? Yes. Okay. Is, you know he also totally did the funny thing where he this little girl asked to ask a question. He's like, sure, you can ask your question. And then she never asks a question. Yep. He just talks over her the whole time. Yes. Total fucking dickhead. Whoa. He, like, I appreciated him as a villain even though – He's not one of my favorite actors in Hollywood, you know. Um, he played the pilot in Rogue One, correct? Oh yeah, he's yeah. the dude that's in the prison, right? Yeah. That gets the traitor. Uh, he's the traitor. He that gets uh fucking gulleted. 
Um, so Damn, not that a, movie was so good. Not a big fan of his, um, but I think as far as roles that I have seen him in, he does he portrays a villain well enough. As far as I'm a villain, but I in my mind I'm not I'm not really a bad dude. I'm just trying to save humanity. Like I get that. Like he does a good job of that. So, um, did you just shimmy? He shimmied back. Maybe you I just did. shook he your ass. He beat no, up maybe right I on did. He, shook, he totally shook his ass. I so, saw it. I will continue to defend Venom for a lot of the reasons that I have. I also am intelligent and humble enough to concede a lot of the points that you have made. Okay. Uh, cinematography, definitely weak. No, 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 I no hold hammered, on. Just let me finish. Okay, go ahead. I sorry, hammered sorry, sorry, on sorry. Black Panther yep. for a lot of reasons. Which you should. I can't in good conscience hammer on Black Panther for those reasons and then not also call out Venom, a movie that I enjoyed more for the same reasons. Okay. Because they were there. They were there hands down. But I think and and I'm going to I'm going to be kind of on your side here. This is totally ass backwards. I know this has all how it all works though. Cinematography-wise, Venom does a better job overall, and the problems are less frequent. Yes. That is one thing I will totally give to Venom. Overall, how they shot the movie, they do a much better job of not giving me motion blur, which is a big issue in modern movies with the 4K. I don't know why they can't hammer down. Maybe they're trying to pan too fast and doing it CGI-wise so. or whatever. I think whatever. it's a combination of a but lot of things. I think that I want to watch Venom again. I have it. I have an opportunity to watch it tonight. I've got nothing going on when I drive home. Uh, I want to watch it, though, like I said, with that lens because you play, like I said, you played the fiddle on my heart because the animated series is near and dear to me. That show is where my extreme love and obsession with Spider Man was birthed. Well, in my mind, and, and you might disagree a little bit, being the one that's a little bit more well versed in the comics than myself. Okay. In my mind, the animated series is the best is the best window that we've ever looked at Spider-Man through. Because I absolutely it, agree. Because it, it had a little bit of everything. You got to see every major villain. You got to see uh, Madam Spider. You got to see uh, Spider-Man alter egos. You got to see you got to see alter, alternate dimension Spider-Mans. You got to see Secret Wars. You got to see so many different things. I mean, I could go down the list and name. I mean, they they as you're saying, as far as the Rogues Gallery is concerned, they touch on near every single villain. Mm -hmm. I mean, Carnage, Shocker, Mysterio, Vulture. Uh, to answer your question from the show, this is months later, but Hydro Man. Yeah, yeah. Hydro Man is the uh, villain who's made of water that you spoke upon. Yeah, uh, who actually first debuted in Amazing Spider-Man Two Twelve. Craven. Morbius, yes. Mysterio. Oh my God, yes. And 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 talking about Mysterio with what's coming from Jake Far From Gyllenhaal. Home, yep. it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for that. Um, I agree with you though. I think that the Spider-Man, the ninety, was that ninety-four animated series or ninety-two? I was going to say ninety-three and meet it in the middle, but I I think we could be wrong on either way. I can't. T I don't remember. It's been it's been a long time. Maybe the R and D department wants to look that up. I don't know. You don't have to, uh, but. I just think that Venom, through the guise of the Amazing Spider-Man universe, mm -hmm. uh, through the the, the uh, animated universe, is going to give me a better appreciation for the movie overall. Mm -hmm. Ninety-four. 
94. Okay, wow. Uh, that's interesting. First episode date, November 19th, 1994. So kind of my closing thoughts to build upon your closing thoughts. Sure. One of the reasons that I appreciated this film so much, and I'm a little bit biased because Venom is my favorite character. And I'm aware of that. Um, Venom is my favorite villain. Hulk is my favorite hero. They're kind of the same character. If you go into modern Venom, he's a big hulking dude that just smashes shit. More if you go into their um, their power set, I think, is yeah. the way to look at it. Yeah. Not Because they're, they're definitely to- two, two totally different entities, um, but there are a few power sets. They're brooding Hulkish. They like characters. to smash stuff. Yes. They're smashing shit. Right, Blaine? Yes. Smash. Blaine, smash. Yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> I still have the floor. Smash. But, uh, uh, so in my, like, going into the film, I thought I was going to be ultra critical. So I was a little bit biased. Yeah. Which changed my opinion a little bit. See, and I think I Because I love the character so much. Yeah. That you gave it a chance. That I gave yeah, it a chance. I, I honestly expected you to be hypercritical. See, and I was where he's at. I was built in hypercritical because of my obsession of the character, because I was looking at it through the guise of, like, Knowing the backstory, going through the history of the character. I mean, uh, Venom is older than me. Right. Created in 1984, you know, by a fucking fan who got paid $300 and shit on by Todd McFarlane and company, Mm -hmm. who stole the character and created this huge entity, you know, ultimately that spawns out. One thing to note, there were rumors that the the Venom movie was going to kind of be like Lethal Protector, the first uh, solo Venom book. It wasn't. There were very, I mean, not really any scenes. I mean, I mean you got pull. a little bit of that anti-hero vibe, but definitely not the same. But I'm, I'm, I'm more meaning they were quoting in their press runs that that was their source material, and there's none of it. I mean, not an ink no, of, no, of I, any I, I of the panels that from that in there. So I mean, I, maybe they they were looking somewhere else, but like. Maybe Lethal they were Protector just one, the hype train. Lethal Protector one ends in time travel. They fall through fucking time. So right. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me, but. I, I have to give this movie a second chance. I still, as of right now, don't like it, but I think I've given deeper, more valid reasons to why I said some of the things I said and didn't mean to flame you guys on JSC. No, 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 no. So I was nothing giving, but love. I was just giving you a hard time yesterday. But Throwing my, all those rotten tomatoes. I loved it. My closing thought is everyone that listens to this show, everyone of my friends, everyone in our, our podcasting group knows that I hate origin stories. Just use the source material that is there, that is the foundation. And just pretty much pick up where that source material is and just fucking write me a story and do a good job. And that's all I need. I don't need to see the fucking origin of Iron Man because in my mind, Iron Man and Thor are two of the fucking worst movies ever made. You cannot pay me to watch those films right now because I won't do it. I watched the original Iron Man the other day. I'll watch Iron Man. It wasn't bad. No, uh, it was boring. I dug that one. My buddy, Co- uh, not the Cody. Actually, you met other Cody. Yeah, I did. The other, other, not between the buried and me, Cody, but other Cody. Yeah. Other Cody, uh, I, we're taking him through the MCU, and we're almost there. We're only four movies away now. We just watched uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming this past week, but like taking him back through the journey. Yeah, there are clunkers in the MCU. Yeah, there are some missteps in the MCU. And we've talked enough about Iron Man two and Iron Man three. We don't even. Uh, you could write to a book deep. on that. We yep. don't have to go deep on that. But uh, I I do want to say I really hope, and maybe this is wishing too much, Matt. I'm not sure what you think about this, but 
I really do hope that Marvel gets back Venom mm-hmm. and that they can do it genuinely right. I want I want Marvel to get back all of their IP. Yeah. I and want we're close. I want them to get back all of their IP. As of right now, the few stragglers from the Spider-Verse are the few stragglers they don't have all their IPs on now because they've gotten a more officially. They have when the They did deal, get Ghost Rider back, correct? 100%. Okay. Free and clear. So uh, so so to to finally close up what I'm trying to say. Sure. As far as origin stories go, if you detach, if you have to detach Venom from Spider-Man and write Spider-Man in later on, I think that this is at least the best attempt that we're going to get anytime soon. If it if it's anyone other than Marvel, this is the best that we're going to get. And I'm okay with that. Here's how prepared for you I am. I actually thought about this scenario. Like, okay... Venom, the movie I watched that I'm not happy with, has to be the basis with which we bring Venom into the MCU. What do I do? Okay, well, he left New York. He lost his job in San Francisco. All the shit with Venom happened. What's he want to do? He wants to go home. Eddie Brock returns to New York. He gets a job back at his OG stomping grounds, the Globe. He eventually the Bugle. Then he kind of butts heads with Parker, who's just starting to get his comeuppance and start in the Bugle. This is our introduction to J. Jonah Jameson. And behind the scenes at the same time, Eddie is using Venom to fucking figure out what the fuck Parker's deal is because he feels off about him. Right. Therein lies he gets your, a vibe. your he gets twist. A vibe. Your twist. And here we go. Parker as Spider-Man shows up. Now, it's not Parker. And he's like, wait, what? I was sensing Parker. You're not Parker. Or are you? There's the reveal and the whole movie is cat and mouse. Eddie knows about his. I like it. Tr- Eddie knows about the truth about Parker. Parker is starting to kind of piece it together what Eddie is, but the movie is only cat and mouse because the symbiote leaves Eddie. He thinks Eddie's a loser. He's like, wow, this kid's actually really talented. He beat my ass. This kid's got shit that Eddie doesn't have. He goes and becomes Black Suit Spidey, and then Eddie is just full-blown loser. And you can have a totally different villain through the majority of the movie, but Eddie's always in the background. Go to the bell tower. Eddie's going to kill himself because he's found out about the cancer. At the same time, Parker is recognizing that he can't be a part of the black suit because, like you said, he can't be all three. He can't be Pete, Spidey, and the symbiote. Yep. It doesn't work that way. The bell tower rings. It falls on Eddie. Eddie becomes Venom again. But now he's emblazoned with the spider, and now he's fucking pissed at Peter. Yep. And that's the end of the movie. So then you set up the future for them to actually go to war. That's what I thought And it Spider-Man. means something. That's what I thought Spider-Man 3 should have been. Should have been. Yep. Totally. We all agree on that. Because well, there were too many vi- villains. That's what that movie suffered Too from. many cooks in the I kitchen. I thought Spider-Man 3 should have led into Spider-Man 4, which would have been Carnage. Venom. No, Fucking, Venom. actually, Spider-Man 4 was going to be John Malkovich being the vulture. Yeah. Genuinely. <laughs> he was already precast. They already had pre-production. Ugh. And... With Tobey Maguire, Didn't they, have a script they had a script and everything. It was going to come out in 2000. Should be Venom. I want to say it was going to come out in like 2009 or something, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. And then it, of course, gets shelved. Amazing ends up getting into production. It comes out. Uh, those are two totally separate uh, conversations to have about movies. Uh, I will say they confirmed that Venom was going to be the official villain for the third Amazing Spider-Man movie, the Andrew Garfield's. He was going to again. <laughs> They were I mean, going to do it just like post, the last post, series. Post-credits in Amazing the, Spider-Man 2, they then, had Sinister Six. And Venom, yeah, correct. Sinister Six was supposed to get its own film. Yeah. 
That didn't happen. Which I obviously. think it might actually be in talks about again. Well, its, own film. it's funny because every time there is a new property that gets brought up that Sony's developing a movie for, it gets dropped. They were going to do uh, Black Cat and uh, Silver Sable, canceled. Not happening now. Uh, the Morbius movie with Jared Leto. Right now, it's happening. If it goes to production, I'll be shocked, genuinely. Uh, but that's all I have for nerding out. Dick, you had an article pulled up that I need to know more about, my good sir. And I actually have one more topic to bring up before we get out of here that involves something happening in Lafayette this very next, okay. this very Sunday or Saturday. I don't know what day I it is. I don't have the article pulled up because I didn't think we were going to get to it. Shit. Is it uh, a Burger King one? Yeah. Yeah, Burger okay, King. Okay, so Burger King right now is offering fans or customers... The option, the consumer, the consumer to purchase a Whopper for one penny if you order a Whopper through the Burger King app inside of McDonald's. You know what's fucked up? You couldn't pay me a penny to eat a Whopper. I hate Whoppers. I oh, think they're man. disgusting. Good, man. Big Mac for life, bro. You know, I've Fucking, actually. I'll, I'll see your Big Mac and I'll raise you a Big King. Come on with it. Big Kings aren't as good in their Thousand Island sauce as a knockoff that's not quite Big Mac sauce. Big Mac's the original. Ray Kroc, suck it. Take so, that. Take that middle. He fucking stole McDonald's from the McDonald's yep. brothers. So last week, uh, speaking of, that's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, founder. founder. Take the yeah. middle bun. Take the middle bun out of the Big Mac, and it's delicious. You Order know what's a funny? Triple cheeseburger. Add Mac sauce to it. It'll change your life. Dude, I worked at McDonald's for four years, and that's one of the things I secretly did would make a, so, tri- a triple cheese. I've avoided Mac. McDonald's burgers for years because they just sucked for so long. Okay. Last week, I was uh, I I was on my way home from Menards. And Snip big money at Menards. When you buy a house, you need things. <laughs> Dick is about to be. Did you know you need things if you buy a house? Yeah. Do you want to know something funny? Dick is about to go through the transformation that I'm sure you went through. I went through it. That when you start to have to care for a home, when you go to Menards. You start to enjoy yourself, like oh my oh, god, yeah. they've no. got these fucking futuristic door handles that you can unlock from your fucking cell phone now. What the fuck? Oh, uh, that's everywhere. I, I could. I, I'm about to get one from Best Buy. See, so I told you. As soon you, as I exactly. get a new door that can ha- that has a deadbolt. Um, so I'm at Menards. That just tangent from my tangent. I'm at Menards, and I'm just like, oh man. I, I want to check this out, and I want to check this out, and I want to check this out. Fucking mailboxes are cool. <laughs> Fucking mailboxes. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go get some screws. Anyway, so I asked Miranda, I was like, hey, do you want any food? I'm, I'm on my way home. I, I was just there to get um, uh, dryer ventilation tube, hose, tube, and Like a collapsible one? Yeah, and okay. toilet paper. That's all I was there to get. Get your toilet paper at Sam's Club. Save you a bunch of money. Didn't want to drive over there. Okay, that's fair. Menard, and I was already going to be at Menards. I don't shop at Menards. I hate that store. I know you do. Um, so I was like, hey, do you want guy? anything? And I was thinking. Uh, kind of. Depot. Kind of. But I was thinking, okay, I am gonna. I think I'm going to stop at McDonald's. She goes, yeah, McDonald's is fine. I was like, what do you want? Just for a double cheeseburger. I was looking. I said, I saw the double quarter pounder. And I'm like, that. I need that meat in my life. <laughs> I said that. Sometimes I'm, I'm getting it really a burger. do be like that. And you know, they've really upped their burger game. I mean, now they're using fresh patties. Wendy's is still better, but. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm getting oh, Wendy's yeah. tonight. When Absolutely. I go. Absolutely. I can't have McDonald's. I was at my dad's house like a month and a half ago visiting. I hadn't been home for like several months. Ate McDonald's. And at four in the morning, I projectile vomited McDonald's. And let me tell you. Ooh. 
If you ever want to not eat McDonald's, that's definitely less than do ideal. that. Because let me tell you, <coughs> return on the cheeseburger coming back out my mouth and nose made me never want to have McDonald's. If again. I have to eat, if I eat McDonald's, Ooh, if I, I eat Taco McDonald's, I have to shit within 20 minutes of eating. Uh, Whoa! Projectile vomiting is really a good way to not want to do something ever again. I mean, like I'll never want to play Edward Forty Hands again. Is that because you projectile vomited, or because you projectile vomited and shit at the same time? Uh, I did not project. I projectile vomited first and then shit. That that was what Down started. All. No, that's no. <laughs> that did not happen. No. The projectile vomited happening. I shit on a cat. So I went in. Finished throwing up, cleaned up what I could. I was handed a, I was handed a new set of clean clothes via my friend Alan. Then, after a little bit, a little water's drank, I said, man, I have to throw up again. I knew it was coming. So I went to the bathroom. I go, I throw up. As I'm sitting there, you know, worshiping the porcelain god, I said, man, I really think I have to shit right now. So... I turn, I, 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 I wipe my face off, pull my pants down, and I shit in the toilet. What happens next? I'm sitting there for 20 minutes, just, you know, drunk. Mm. And then I'm like, man, I have to throw up again. <laughs> Didn't they flush in that 20-minute time frame, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. That, that's not, that's completely <laughs> irrelevant. That, that's irrelevant. <laughs> So I'm like, man, I gotta throw up again. So I pull my pants, I wipe my ass, <laughs> pull my pants up, I, I turn around to throw up more. Instead of throwing up, I dry heave. And every heave that I make causes shit to come like, from my bowels. It's like a mud gun. <laughs> it was exactly that a fucking mud gun. And next thing I know, I have a pile of shit on the floor because it overflowed from my shorts. Damn. <laughs> there was so much shit. I, uh, I shit in a bucket once when I was really drunk, and I apparently left it there for my friend to clean up. Why are we having this Who? conversation? Andrew. Right nice. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a story for He puked podcast. up a whole biscuit. I did. Have you heard the biscuit story? Do I need to tell the biscuit story? I don't think it's been told on this show. Oh, heard it. man. Okay. You know what's cool is we're on live stream, so they're going to get to see me act it out because it's way funnier if I'm moving I didn't get grooving. this. So, <clears throat> Nate has a really bad bout of bronchitis. I'm one of three managers at GameStop. If you know anything about GameStop, it needs two managers a day, which means you only get one day a week off. You're working the grind, right? So I'm working seven straight days with bronchitis, no time to go to the doctor, no time off, and I'm barely able to talk. I'm literally picking up the phone. You know, people are like, what the fuck are you saying, man? Like, what? <laughs> you say something about McDonald's? I'm not sure. Like, are we ordering sandwiches right now? It's like that Dane Cook joke with the fucking ordering the food. Yeah, it's kind of like with the sweet and sour <laughs> sauce. So I get my my 21 and a half year old self gets the bright idea. Alcohol is cleansing. I'll just go get tequila and I'll get drunk as fuck. And that'll clear my bronchitis up because it'll just eat all that bronchitis away because science. 
That makes sense. <laughs> because science. That's, science, bitch. That's exactly where my brain was. So I'm like, all right. So at the time, I lived in this little fucking apartment. And that's a Breaking Bad quote, by the way. Uh, yep. Nice Breaking Bad quote, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> okay. So across the street was a, a, a liquor store. So I literally just have to walk across this busy intersection street and go to the liquor store. Before I leave, my, my, my roommate, he goes, hey, man. What are you doing? And I'm like, I gotta go to liquor store. I'm gonna get some tequila. <laughs> and he goes, Would you get me some too? But like, get me a flavored one, like orange. That'd be really cool. And I was like, Oh, I think they have Jose Cuervo. Well, I was actually like, Hey, Lord, get orange. Okay. <laughs> so I get my shit together, grab the money. I walk down. I grab the fucking booze. I pay for them two bottles of Jose Cuervo, and I'm walking out the door like I'm fucking Jolly Saint Nick with two bottles, one in each hand, just. Da -da -da. Walk back into the apartment. And I, I start. Yeah, yeah. I need to do the. I, I can't do the high voice. I have to remember that I was low voice at that time. I'm just uh, in my excited story mode. So I get to the house, and this is like a month after I've had a cell phone. So I start doing shots of my tequila, which is just straight up Jose Cuervo, no flavor, just doing lime and salt. That's all you need. Be a fucking man. Uh, my roommate is in the kitchen with his friends, and they are doing chaos killers. You do a shot of the orange Jose Cuervo, and then you drink a shot of Monster Chaos. Okay, because it's like an orange-orange thing. You're like building. So I'm sitting in there. I've had a couple of shots of my Jose Cuervo to myself. My throat's feeling a little bit okay. I've started to, for the first time in my life, drunk text people. And it's just friends and family. It's nothing like I didn't say anything about my dick or send dick pics. Or, I was just like, to my close friends, like, I just want you to know how much I love and appreciate you. You're like the greatest person. You know, so my buddy roommate, he's, Hey man, come in here. We're going to do shot time. And I'm like, Oh, shot time. Okay. So I go in there for one. I'm thinking it's just one. It's not a big deal. It's one shot time. I'm a man. I can do it. Have the shot, the chaos killer with them. I go back. Oh, there's my bottle of Jose Cuervo. Holy shit. I'm going to have another shot of my Jose Cuervo. I'm so excited. I've officially reached drunk and I don't realize it. We're in the danger zone now. Cause I'm in party mode and I'm forgot that the throat hurts. I'm drunk texting people, and I'm happy. Roommate, shot time. Run back in there, okay? Don't worry. The acting, the big stage set shit's coming in a minute. I got to do some running. <laughs> it's very important to the story. So I get drunk to the point that I pass out. Everyone in my house thinks I'm dead. Sarah, roommate, everyone. They're like, oh, he's going to fucking die. He drank too much, and he's going to die. What do we do? We're going to make some fucking biscuits and feed it to him. <laughs> I don't know Solid. whose idea that was, but they thought, put the biscuit in his stomach. Science, bitch. And it'll soak up the alcohol, right? So apparently I eat these biscuits. I have no recollection. However, at two in the morning, this is hours after the biscuits have been eaten by myself, I wake up in my living room. It's dark. TV's on. But that's it. Everyone's laying down. My eyes open wide. I'm going to stand up and do this while I walk around. I, I stand up. I like look around at everybody. And I just start fucking running. And I run all the way down the hall to my room. But from this wall to that wall, viewers can't see. It's probably like, what, 50 feet, if that. Yeah. I went from fully clothed to naked. Just and, and I was just running. So like I just was quickly like, woo, and yow, and just... Doing the whole thing. I get to the bed and I crash face first and I'm just ass up, 
straight, just laying on the bed, knocked out. And my roommate comes in and he goes, hey, man, I just want you to know that if you need to puke, the puke bucket's right here next to the bed, man. We got you that puke bucket for your 21st birthday. It's right here. If you need it, you got it. Sarah comes to bed. Everything's cool. I fall asleep. Everything's normal. 4 a.m. I'm laying on my back. Something is inside of me, and I think it's a fucking it's a alien. What the fuck? And it's, it's moving slowly up my throat, and I'm not sure. And then I realize, I have to fucking puke. Oh, no. The puke bucket, it's right there. So I stick my head in the bucket, and I'm just like, oh, oh. And eventually... An unchewed biscuit, I swear to God, came out of my body, and I don't know how it got in my body. A full, unchewed biscuit. Just picture you being like a fucking like snake. Oh, dude, it was bad. So, my roommate's egging me on the whole time. He's shaking the bucket with fucking liquid and this whole biscuit, and he's like, "Great job, buddy! Holy shit, you <laughs> you puked a whole biscuit." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck, oh good, oh good. I'm glad I did that. So I fall back, I fall back asleep. It's over. They clean up the puke biscuit. It's a great time. I wake up at eight in the morning and I have to go to work. And I roll over and I look at Sarah and her first words are, "Holy fuck, go into the fucking look in your eye." And I'm like. Okay, sure. So I walk into the fucking bathroom and I look and my whole eye is blood. I had puked so hard. I broke every blood vessel under this eye and just had like, it looked like I was in a fucking fight. And of course, I went to work begrudgingly and spoiler alert, the bronchitis was cured. That really happened. True story. And that's the time I puked a whole biscuit. The end. I now know the cure for bronchitis. No, you don't want that cure. Trust tequila me. and biscuits. Tequila and biscuits. Tequila and biscuit. Biscuits. Biscuit, yeah. Singular. Well, there were several biscuits, I'm sure, that went down, but only one came up. That's the terrifying <laughs> that's thing. The, do you think they all, the do you think they all formed together? To, the one to make, make, they the one Voltron biscuit. <laughs> Voltron biscuit episode title. We got a myriad a fucking episode titles today. I do want to say before we close that there's an event happening this Saturday that I have to hype. Yeah, you do. Nate Fest 4 motherfuckers happening at yep. North End Pub. The Mound Builders uh, unfortunately lost one of their members uh, four years ago yep. to cancer. And they do this event every year for him. We were honored to be a part of it and asked to be a part of it. We'd be as playing a yep. uh, red tail hate song cavalcade i feel like i'm forgetting somebody oh walk among us that's that's my thing uh we're gonna be there we prepared a pretty cool set we're playing some songs we've not yet played in lafayette um uh you want you want so i made a suggestion for a cover for you guys to do the let's talk about it uh and the the reason i made that suggestion was because like i was thinking man Nate Fest is on December 8th. You know what else is December 8th? John Lennon and fucking Dimebag yep. Daryl's assassination. So I wanted to hear, I was like, man, I hope a bunch of bands that night play Pantera covers. Well, I actually, funny you mentioned this because the gals and I talked about this and I had said like, it'd be really cool to do a Beatles song or like start a Beatles song and then like bleed it into a little bit of a Pantera song just as like a, 
a tribute thing. Obviously, we're not able to do that because it was just on too short notice. Uh, but while Floods is a great song, I think that Cemetery Gates fits our style better. I think Floods fits your style better. We listened to Floods and it bored us to tears <laughs> as far as a band. I was like, if I, think, I have to sit there and drum those slow ass drums, I'm going to fall asleep. I would compare it to your cover of uh, How the Gods Kill. Hey, or, nice. You got it right. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I would compare it to that if well, you guys did it. Spoiler alert. We have new Danzig to debut in Lafayette this weekend. Sweet. Well, I mean, it's new for y'all. We've been playing it for a couple months now, but I I'm very that. excited for that show. Uh, 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 Brian Bosner of the Mountain Builders. He's in my random band. Oh, cool. Which is the, the next following weekend. weekend. Yeah. You should be there. The random band challenge. If you, if you want to make yet another trip to Lafayette. Too bad that we <laughs> play a show at the oh. Looney Bin. Womp, Damn. Womp. We'll be in fucking Kankakee, Illinois. I don't know why I said Illinois. I'm from Illinois, and I've never said that until right this one. Uh, Fight Like Sin is the band you forgot. Fight Like Sin. Only thank human you. commented. Oh, thank you. I don't know Sorry. which only human member. It was it's probably Puddin. Yeah, it's probably it's That's probably my Puddin. guess. Man. How's that? How is it that his never shows as Ryan, but only yeah, but ever it, shows as only funny human? Is, like right before that, <laughs> it, it shows just, that he joined. Yeah, <laughs> weird. But he can't comment as himself. That's very weird. Um, no, but we're looking forward to the show, man. I hope you guys all come out and check out the uh, Nate Fest for it's going to be popping off at the North End Pub on uh, Saturday, December eighth at like six o'clock, yep. I think. So if you're listening, a couple more days. You got a couple more days. If you're watching even more days than that. Yep. That's how that Sorry. works. Time. Yeah. Puddin says, yep. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, the, of course, uh, December 15th, the Random Band Challenge, also at North End Pub. I will be singing in band number one because we are number one. Because if you're not first. You're last. <laughs> that is funny. It makes me laugh every time. I came, we came up with a new song last night. The song already existed for us, but I, I finally just, I was originally going <laughs> to, the song's so short, I was going to use it as like a break. And you decided to add some shit. And like, Brian actually said, hey, what's that like, like hill, like hellbilly, like death billy song we're doing? Because it's like a crossover song. And I'm like, death billy. So I came up with a song about a fucking like hillbilly that's like also like a death metal fan, but he's like coming after you. That's all. Awesome. Like I was hoping eyes. it was gonna be just a really pissed off Billy Goat. <sighs> Death Billy. It's 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 like some Hills Have Eyes shit. But then the the cover of the single for that song, Death Billy, is just the Blue Ranger hanging. <laughs> Slayer sucks. Ooh, that's the other band. They're, oh yeah, Slay Slayer, as um, well as uh, Stone Death, Stone Death, and Mind, Mind Blizzard. Blizzard. And spoiler alert. That awesome flyer. Yeah. Made by yours truly. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did it. I wish you would have had one more thing, but there's no way you would have known because it has like the mem featuring members of and all the bands. And I wish you would have put Catacresis, which is my my old band, and Cody Clem's old band. I'm pretty sure he's playing in the oh, thing too. Uh, I wish I would have known. But you didn't. It's okay. That was seven years ago at this point. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But yeah, which it would have been hilarious because no one would, everyone would have been like, who the fuck's Catacresis? But only a couple people have been like, yeah. Really? <laughs> they played like two shows. 
Yeah, uh, another band. I, th- I think it's Mind Blizzard has Nick Maxson mm. of uh, Weed B, Brews with Dudes, The Doom Room. Boner Jovi. Boner. No, no, he's not in Boner Jovi. No? No. No? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what am I talking about? Yeah, I don't what know are you name. talking about? He's just what? one of their roadies. He's just a guy. He just does things. <laughs> Is that all we got? I, th- I don't have we got shit today? else. We're running on three hours, 40 minutes, guys. Is this an episode record for y'all? Yeah. I think so. Yay. I believe so. Probably won't be happening too much. Matt had to stand up. My oh. ass fell asleep in that. Oh, my head hurts <laughs> like hell. I'm going to have to get some ibuprofen in my dome. I got a wedgie, too. Oh, that's unfortunate. Hope well, it's a winner. Hope you pick a winner. Well... Oh, this is that time where the thing happens. The thing, yeah. The thing. Nate, thank you so much for joining. Thanks. For like it's me. so great to finally have you in our own like official space. Yeah. Dick Gravy Studios. I have never been What'd in. What'd you a go for? Dick Gravy Studios. Dick Gravy Studios. Man, I hate Dick Gravy. That's such a. Gross. I love it. <laughs> you just. I about, just envision just ejaculating penises when I hear that name. You just talked about you know, eating a whole biscuit for like ten minutes. When I came right. up with the with the name Dick Gravy, like I wasn't even thinking of that. It just it had nothing I was just, to do with it. It like was literally dick. combining my name with my uh, gamer tag, like a dick covered in gravy. Oh, and I'm like, and people start mm-hmm. pointing out. I'm like, oh yeah, like white country <laughs> gravy. <laughs> and then he still chose to pursue it. He's like Dick Gravy. It's still good. A great it's idea. funny. It's, it's heritage. It's, it's, it's unique. Not, oh, it is heritage. It's unique. All right. Sometimes you just gotta stick with something. Yeah. Sometimes it do like it. that. Heritage Studios. I like that one too. I like. You should come too. up with an official name and let me know. We'll figure it out. Cool. Uh, yeah, but welcome to the official place. Thanks. Thanks. Let the oh, podcaster. Thank you for letting me officially bless this pod and this feed. And this space yeah. with my presence. And my, my dick. And my dick. It's my been dick. a fun episode. It's been a long episode. Yeah, my but brain whole good. hurts. It is a good one. We we had some serious discussion that actually got to go at length for a lot of and it. And I only yelled one time. It was a good yell, though. It well was. Timed. It was you, like the you best. Got, you really got it out, man. Man, you know what? I was going to use as a topic, but we can't get into it today because I think it would just spawn another two-hour conversation is the uh, the great question that's been going around. If you could add one fuck to any PG-13 movie, <laughs> what would it be? And genuinely think my, about I it. I love that meme. Like, I get the Anakin one. It's cool. Like, fuck you, Anakin. Like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> fuck but, you, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> Man, I, I Master of the low ground. We established this last episode. It was a taunt. I think it would have been funny <laughs> to hear... I think it would have been funny to hear Bill Murray at the top of that tower in the first Ghostbusters see the Marshmallow Man and go, oh, fuck. Just in utter shock, it would have just set the tone for like I don't know. Like I want to I want to put Bill Murray as Baloo in Jungle Book saying "fuck." <laughs> but was that movie PG thirteen? I think so. It Get was. that fucking honey boy. <laughs> <laughs> Scamper up there and grab me that fucking honey boy. Boy. R.I.P. Arthur Morgan slash Kratos because your games are complete for me. I can't wait for the next one. Word. Which one? God of War. I was gonna say both, but both of them. Both of them. I'm done, Blaine. Yeah, <laughs> I say we close. We, let's yeah. do this. We've been here for four fucking hours. Everybody, this. thank you, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Matt, Nate, Pod, Pod Daddy, Nate, Nate. More than anybody. Yeah, yeah. Pod Daddy, I Nate. I don't do anything but yell and talk. I still have the floor, um, by the way. For those, for if you, if you, ah, words. 
You got it. Check us out every Tuesday live on Facebook right around 5.30 or 6. If you don't do that. If you don't like to do that. (laughs) Check us out in audio form where you can hear the heritage. You can hear the yelling on Podbean and iTunes. Just look up Podcastrophe Pod. Dot podbean.com. I looked up Podcastrophe on iTunes today, and it pulled us up. What? It did. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought you had to look up Podcastrophe Pod on iTunes. Nope. I well, guys, you can do it now. If you have an iPhone, iTunes, uh, an Apple computer, anything with iTunes, uh, hit us up. And if it doesn't work, type in pod after. I feel like by <laughs> default, then you're on a lot of other services now, too, because Google Play is pulled direct from the iTunes, I'm pretty sure. I think they're in self integrated or something. Interesting. So you might want to look into that. I might. Honestly. Um, Uh, Also, you can check out Podcastrophy on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com every Thursday in tandem with you guys uh, on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And if you haven't, if you're on the Journey into Comics Network, go subscribe to them. Yeah. Go subscribe to us. Yeah, and they you gotta, get the extra content. They gotta not get those rookie numbers anymore. We gotta level them up to vet numbers. You get you get extra I did shows. A Twenty minute live stream. Yeah, I. You know what? I watched part of that. <laughs> Angrily yelling at somebody that was in parallel to a semi, not driving any faster than them. That was the part that I watched. <laughs> you're God, like, it made me mad. you're like, go! <laughs> this guy's such a dick. <laughs> Oh, that's my life. Oh, Continue damn. plugging, Nate. Oh, no. There's no other plugs, no, man. No, you got all the shows. Oh, yeah. All the shows, pal. All the shows there. You want to see me do it, don't you? Yeah, okay, I want to see real it. Time. Let's watch so, if you check out the Journey Into Comics Network, you get Journey Into Comics, Poor News, Poor Entertainment, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, which is having their season finale this week. You get Journey Into Wrestling, Podcastrophe, Kids for Sale, Gallif Radio, The Voice of Survival, Bruce with Dudes, and The Best of the Week. As well as two new shows coming in 2019 that we have not yet spoiled. Well, one of them is kind of spoiled, but I'm not spoiling it yet because it's special. But that's all I have. That's it. That's all I've got. I guess we have to do the thing that you guys do all the time. <sighs> is it time? I think it's time. Is it time for you? Are you timing it? Time? Are we gonna time? I'm, t- I'm time. Dude, I've been time for about the last hour and a half. Time. <laughs> all right. Well, sorry to inconvenience you, Matt. Damn. Okay. Guys. <laughs> You're Matt. Guys. <laughs> I'm Dick. I'm He's Nate. He's Matt. He's Matt. I am Matt. Matt Wilcox. Matt Wilcox. <laughs> Matt Damon. Nope, Matt Wilcox. I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> no, you're not. Don't lie. Don't tell me my life. <laughs> All right, guys. Make every day. A big dick day. Bye, Heritage. guys.